is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features completely free. Enjoy them. Those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for access to their websites, and we do it for free. That's freetalklive.com. Starting things out by going straight to the phones and to the fun. It's Dennis in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, Dennis. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, Great. Dennis. What's on your mind? Well, I I wanted to talk to you about sex offenders. Okay. It's always a fun topic. I, I want to relate a little story. Um, last week, I was sitting in the criminal justice committee in the, in the state house because it's actually fairly entertaining, and you can. All right. Hello? Dennis, was that that wasn't a dramatic pause? I guess. <laughs> All right, whatever. You are still there. Hold on, hold on a second. Wait, wait a second, Dennis. Were you there? You the cut whole time? out. You cut out for a second. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go but ahead. I, I uh, you said you were in the criminal justice and public safety committee right. in the state house. We because, got that much. You know, because you can. And there was a bill being discussed that would allow someone to. Well, uh, apparently, to set this up. Right now, in New Hampshire and a lot of states, I guess, you cannot use as a defense, I didn't know she wasn't 18. It doesn't matter if she gave you uh, a driver's license that said she was 18, and it turns out she was actually – it's just – you can't even bring that up. You should have known better. You've got to ask for a birth certificate, too. It's not a good excuse. You can't even talk about it in your defense. Right. So Apparently, you're, I, I don't know, I don't know where, how it is that a guy's supposed to know how old somebody is. I mean, how are you going to know the, this information? Um, it, it seems a little unfair. Are you supposed to cut them in half and count the rings? <laughs> well, um, yeah. So, so this bill would say that, yes, you can. it is a permissible defense. If you reasonably believe the person was 16 years of age or older, then... You know, you're not having – you at least have that as a possibility that you can talk about in court. Okay? Right. It doesn't mean you get off scot-free. It means you can at least talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, okay, that's kind of interesting. It turns out that the person who was bringing this bill forward, it was a young lady. I would say she was in her early 30s, late 20s. I'd never seen her there before. And she had rounded up maybe half a dozen – people around her age, male and female, all of whom had been in the situation or had, in her case, her husband back when he was 19 years old, had had sex with someone who was 15 years old, but who had told him or convinced him, whatever, that she was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. She probably didn't have to convince him really hard or anything, <laughs> but, you know, this is these are the situations, though. I mean, you have... You have these willing girls at 15 who are saying they're 18. I mean, this is difficult stuff to 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 be able to figure out. And the court system, they don't really care. They just want it solved, resolved, and taken care of. If somebody has to go to jail, fine. Yeah, well, they'd prefer that. And, you know, parents are like, I don't care. My little baby, uh, she's been, she's had sex with an older man, and it's terrible. So, I mean, there's nobody out there advocating for this guy. And, of course, this guy, now he's, you know, in his 30s, and he's a registered sex offender. He mm-hmm. has to tell the state wherever he goes, whatever he does, there's, you know, whatever they think of to do next. He's one of those people, right? It's not quite peeing behind a bush, but it's not that far off it, in my, my right. opinion. I mean, sure. Geez. It's a consensual so, but, act between two people. I mean, there's no way around that. 
Exactly. And the thing that I found fascinating is I, so I, I pulled her aside afterwards and say, wow, you know, this is amazing because she had rounded up all these people with the same story. She had a little write-up that was all about the legal issues involved and mens rea and Latin terms. I mean, it was really like, wow, this is impressive. And on yeah. top of that, every one of the representatives that were formally sponsoring this bill were, in fact, already people on the Criminal Justice Committee. Mm. So, so is that, what does that, that mean? Have, What's the implication of that? I don't understand. Well, the, the committee makes a vote as to whether they believe the bill should pass or fail. Right. And the sponsors of the bill, the people who are actually bringing this bill to the legislature, are in fact the members of the committee. So right. you're saying so, it's very likely that this will go go forward? Then. I mean, all all the all the, it, it sure looks that way because hey, you know, if if half the committee is saying, well, not only do we agree, but we actually took the time to write the law right. that that says something. So I I kind of pull aside afterwards, like, wow, that's you know, this is amazing. What happened? What led you to be here at this point in time? And this really gives me a great deal of confidence that New Hampshire is a good place to do this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. This is a lady who had never been involved with anything like this before. Finally, one time too many, the, the straw broke the camel's back. She was tired of you know, having her husband be turned away from a job or, or whatever it was. She phones up her local state representative, who is a guy a few blocks down the street from her, and he says, geez, this is something I have no idea about. You might want to contact so-and-so in criminal justice. So-and-so in criminal justice is himself an ex-warden like of the jail, a guy who has been an ex-cop forever in three days. Mm -hmm. And he totally takes your side, says, yeah, this is unreasonable. This is not what the system is supposed to do. Um, so how likely, is she to, to able to get how likely is she to get this um, through? Hey, I don't know. I know that at least... Is three of the members of the committee they're going to vote on it have got their names on the legislation saying you and ought to be able to make this defense. These committees only have, what, five people on them? Or? No, a little more than that. Oh, that's a, that's a yeah, subcommittee. This is like a dozen. Okay, the committee's got a dozen, and they form subcommittees, that sort of thing. So they didn't actually vote on it the other day. That was just sort of a hearing? Yeah, this was just the discussions back and forth. But it's fascinating to me that this person who, you know, she doesn't really – I mean, she's not like a, a political person or a player or whatever. She just had to spend a few minutes writing something up and chat with her representatives, who fortunately were, um, you know, nice enough to say, geez, you know, you might want to talk to this person. I don't know about that issue, mm. but these people do, and they're very reasonable about yeah. it, which is very cool. Yeah, and, you know, this state, the legislators are far more accessible than they are in any other state, simply because, what's the population of the state, Dennis? It's 1.3 million, 1.3 million. There are 400 representatives in this tiny little state. Most right. states have... A third of that number. Of There's actually a chance that your representative isn't a robot. I mean, that's you know, it's actually they're actually a real person and you that can, can have feelings. Well, on top of that, it's, when it's, you call it's them, a you get their house. position. I think that's important to note. I mean, these people are literally they're not paid to be there. They're well, volunteers. They're getting hundred bucks, right? With their heads in the wrong place. I think they're getting a hundred dollars. They are volunteers. Yeah. It's one hundred dollars a year, so right. it's it's essentially nothing. Right. Uh, that uh, that hundred bucks doesn't not, cover the gas. Know. Now, if we can only get them to meet only once a year and keep them out of trouble. Yeah, I agree Once with that. Once every two years. Now, uh, Dennis, since we've got you on the air, you are, I think you're the political director or something with the uh, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. Is that right? The research director, yeah. Research director. And so what you do is you sort of uh, take the time to go through all of the, uh, the the new pieces of legislation that are being proposed, you and your crew, 
at the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. And I guess um, you've been busy, as always, and there are a number of uh, pro-freedom or freedom-affecting bills that are going to be heard, I think, uh, tomorrow up in Concord. And I think, Mark, you're going to be attending that. I will. It will be a, uh, a Mark Edge uh, Free Talk Live appearance uh, there up at the uh, State House. <laughs> I've never once announced any of my political uh, things as, as being an appearance, yeah, but well, apparently Mark yeah. uh, will do anything for... I'll sign whatever you got. Uh, Bring it yeah, on. some attention. Uh, Bagpipes and all. So <laughs> also... Dennis, there were some successes, uh, and I guess a few failures, but there was an election yesterday in New Hampshire, and uh, a couple of areas of the state came out ahead, right? Oh, yeah. There, uh, it was municipal elections, so this isn't like, you know, for governor or anything, but you know, it is the people who control the purse strings of the various towns and cities, um, and I was pretty impressed. Like, the, the chairman of the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire won, I, I don't remember offhand what seat it was, but won, like, part of the municipal government for his town. Wow, that's great. And he's a chairman of the LP, which is pretty cool. Um, there were, I think, three or four free staters that won, you know, like new mover type free staters that won trust, trustee of the trust and this and that. And you guys did great in Keene. I mean, nobody expected what you guys did in Keene. Yeah, we we pretty much. Do you know what you did in Keene? We, we, no. well, we, we didn't do we anything. Don't really, we don't really know what uh, what happened um, precisely. You can certainly fill us in. But basically, the school board got a big slap in the mouth um, yesterday. Yeah, there were a bunch of spending articles that were uh, sound pretty soundly rejected. A bunch of people turned out that probably weren't expected to. I think the voter turnout for this municipal election was double, more than double what it normally was. So somebody got a somebody got some people stirred up and excited, and they turned out to vote down a bunch of spending articles. Dennis, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. But we, I don't think we actually had anything specifically to do with that. No, not, not you and I. Analyze that more on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Coming up, snitches. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet, 8.net. Toll free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features completely free, though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show, and you can do that by buying some stuff over to amazon.freetalklive.com, amazon.freetalklive.com, where when you shop at that link, you, uh, we will get over uh, a significant percentage of your purchase. And uh, there are 35 categories to shop from. There are DVD, uh, there are DVDs, books, uh, there are... Sporting goods, accessories, clothing, furniture. I mean, you name it, they pretty much sell it. And uh, free Super Saver shipping on many items, including every single item in the grocery store. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to FreeStateProject.org. That's FreeStateProject.org. Org. All right, so um, we are going to continue with the phone calls here, um, but just a quick recap on, I guess, what happened here in Keene, New Hampshire, where we live. There was, a, I guess, a surprising victory yesterday in uh, the election results. This was a municipal election. It was a school board thing. There were a number of articles that were on the ballot for spending. Apparently, a lot of the spending here in Keene has to go through the people, so the people have to Thank vote goodness. on this stuff. And a lot of it was voted down, a, a significant. I think they were stunned. I think the school board people were a little bit shocked at this because they were using the, the tired old tactics of, 
you know, do it for the kids. They, the they kids. trot. They actually trotted the kids out. Yes, <laughs> please with signs. There was a little boy who was handing out propaganda mm-hmm. at the uh, the voting location. Mm-hmm. And, and this is these are the old tactics. You know, if they thought that there was any chance that they would have lost, they would have had the cheerleaders out there with signs. Right. Normally they work pretty well, and in this case uh, they they didn't, I guess, because people turned out uh, about I think about fifteen hundred people turned out. Probably all the bureaucrats mm-hmm. and their friends turned out to vote for the budget increases, but about. 1,550 or 1,600 people turned out to vote against them. Now, that's a huge turnout in a, in a local election. Yeah, it was about 20%, town. I would say, and that's way more than what normally happens. And I think, now, I mean, we're just... So they, they were reasonable in expecting a landslide in their own favor. I mean, right. it's the, the school board sets forth this budget, and then they have all these teachers and all these janitors and all these administrators and all these parents and um, all these people who are, you know, basically benefiting fitting from this this huge budget increase that they have and so they expect all those people to go and vote and they do well finally um somebody came out and said no no we're not going to pay for this and you're not going to forcibly take away our houses if we choose not to pay for this and i'm really glad and you know the the fact is the free state project is making is is going to make new hampshire free it's making it freer as time goes by and keen is you know, certainly a nexus of freedom inside of New Hampshire. And I say that the reason for that nexus is Free Talk Live. Well, you know, I, I'm not going to take credit on this. Because, well, then I will. The nexus of freedom in really, Free Talk Live, Mark Edge. We didn't really do anything <laughs> um, to actually activate anybody on this particular election. We didn't go I out. I made and, sure a few people got to the to, to the polls. Yeah, but, but we didn't really do anything. Uh, Free Keen didn't really st- get involved in this. I don't think the Keen Free Press was really involved in it at all. So I think that maybe there's just this culture of liberty that's sort of burgeoning here in Keene that we might be a factor in. Or maybe we brought a bunch of people to Keene who would vote in this direction. We haven't brought that many. We haven't brought 1,500 people here, I can tell you that. Well, you know, throughout the state, though, there has been a lot of talk about a taxpayer revolt going on. In the northern part of the state, all these people who have this land and these beautiful places are getting hit with these big view tax bills. Mm -hmm. And I think people are getting tired of being squeezed Throughout the country. I think you might be right, but I think what really did it in this case, and I, I could be wrong about this, but here in Keene there's this weekly shopper, this um, Monadnock shopper. It's kind of just a throwaway newspaper. I don't understand why anybody even bothers opening it. I guess it's because there's just not that much to read around here. <laughs> I would say that there's a strong <laughs> strong possibility I don't that what you're saying is true there. I don't understand why anyone advertises, it, uh, advertises in it either. I, I mean, can Mark, tell you why, because it works. How it could possibly work, I don't understand. I don't people even read see it. the ads. I'm watching people read it. Well, anyway, it's mostly it's 99% ads. There's barely any. I mean, all the articles that are in there are are ads. They're text versions of ads. Right. They're, they're usually they're articles given to the advertiser, the, the good yeah. advertisers. Um, you know, and they 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 sort of give themselves a little advertorial. However, the Keen Free Press is much better. It's that's an actual newspaper. In this particular case, though, last week I opened up this local paper, this Monadnock Shopper. Because um, it's delivered to every single household in the area, and there was this eight and a half by eleven insert in there with a, it's a black and white insert with a big bold type at the the top that says Keen School Budget on Record High Course for fourteen points fourteen point eight percent tax increase vote no on articles two through blah 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 and then it gives you recommendations on on how to vote. And this was really helpful for me because I hadn't done any research on as as usual. I didn't do any research on the local candidates. I went and just took this in there and and voted the way it told me to because they made a very compelling case 
for their point on this 8.5 by 11. Every household in Keene got this, and I think this probably had more to do than anything else with uh, getting people it's, to turn it's out. It's a great piece, but, you know, I mean, the, the, the Free State Project is making, things like, th- uh, making it so things like this work. I, I understand that, and I agree with that. But and I'm just, we're making the Free State Project work, so well, I still take credit. We, we are. That's true. Let's go you to the phones. You don't want credit, I'll take it. It's Martin in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello. Hey, guys. I want to talk about something, and, and it's going to make its way to liberty, but uh, this is something I'm sure none of you three are familiar with. Okay. Um, it's the sport of ice fishing. Oh, yes. I, I've so, seen something little I've out never there done. on frozen lakes. I live in Michigan, uh, obviously surrounded by water, and I live in a part that's very close to uh, the largest bay in Michigan. Every year about uh, mid-December, so it freezes over, you get 10, 12 inches of ice out there. And then uh, it gets warmer and warmer throughout March. Now, this week it's been, I'll have to start telling you about weather here, but I'm sure it's happening in New Hampshire too. It's been 40, 50. Yesterday it reached 75 degrees. Yeah, it was 66 today here. You would think people would be smart enough at 75 degrees not to be out on the ice, but every year, this time of year, some jackball drives them. his truck out there. Well, what they're doing is they're out there, they're on snowmobiles or sitting on a bucket. Uh, first off, the ice is melting. Digging a hole through it is probably not the best <laughs> idea in the world. Oh, my gosh. Structural <laughs> integrity. Hmm. Are the so, fish really worth it? Are they that good? Definitely, <laughs> because uh, trust me, when you go through in February, you will see hundreds of people up and down the river, and then out to the bay. But we have a Coast Guard station, and every year at this time, there's a story on the news about the Coast Guard using their helicopters to dig people off the large piece of ice that broke away. Mm -hmm. My question is, why is it my responsibility as a taxpayer to go pull these guys off the ice if they're not smart enough to know that when it's 75 degrees, ice tends to melt? Yeah, I think there's probably some sort of underlying assumption that goes through their minds. Like, they've heard the stories. They know that if they get into any trouble, all they have to do is call the Coast Guard or call 9-11, and they'll get, their, uh, and they'll get out. They'll get, uh, they'll get a helicopter drop lift out of there. And I think that if we took that away, if that wasn't available to them, then they might think twice before going out there. Well, uh, Ian and I are both from Sarasota, um, you know, there on the west coast of Florida. And there's a lot more people, um, we call them Yankees. They come down, they buy boats, big, expensive boats, and they get themselves in trouble. Well, the Coast Guard doesn't have the time or energy to uh, go out and get all these boats and take care of them. So they have this sort of uh, tow service, uh, sea do or something like that. I can't remember what they call it. But they tow these boats back in, and these people have to pay for it. Look, the Coast Guard went away up there in Michigan. These guys really would get saved, but somebody would charge them for it That'd afterwards. That'd be the way to do it, Martin. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You take control. Bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features totally free, and that does include live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both waiting for you, completely free, freetalklive.com. 
So um, now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or a living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. LegalZoom.com. Now, you know, I was thinking about this. If When it comes to wills, if you don't have one, like Ian, you could get hit by a car tomorrow. I know. Assuming, I've been thinking about it. Assuming you left the house, you could get hit by um, hit by a car. <laughs> I could then, get hit by a car right now. There was a car that drove through happen. the wall of the CVS here a few days ago. You know, um, young people rarely get attack, um, get diseases or anything like that um, happening to them, but it does happen. You know, people just die, and if you don't have a will or a living trust or um, a living will set up or a living trust and those kind of things, man. Your your money is going to go to the government, half of it. At the very least, the government and lawyers will take half of your money. Right. You need to have a will set up. And, I mean, of all the good things that you do uh, for the people that you love, you go to work, you earn money so they'll have a good life. Do you want to give away half that money to the government because you haven't thought about this how one thing that's going to take... How do they find the will? Like, when you die, how do they find the will? You, most people have a spot, for, a speci- spot for special papers, um, you know, where they keep the car title. You don't mm-hmm. want to keep the car title in your car because then when the person steals it, all they have to do is forge your signature and then they own the car. I see. So you have a spot for special documents. I have a fireproof box. Um, usually they don't cost much, but everybody should have some kind of safe. Can, can you change the will after you actually make it? Sure. Yes. Anytime but you do you have to pay a lo- another lawyer's fee to do that, or uh, can you just go in and edit it? I, I don't know the answer. I believe that that's the case. I believe that um, LegalZoom sends you a, uh, a Word document uh, mm-hmm. or something like that that you can edit, and you just pay them for it, and then essentially you're... You can edit it anytime. You can change it weekly if if you so chose. Right. Yeah, I've been thinking about trying it out because uh, it seems like a sensible thing to do. You know, it just it, what's not sensible is giving away all your hard-earned money to the government. Yeah, plus and, you get the ten percent discount and, as well. And forget that. Yeah, there's there's the ten percent, and don't forget that your family is going. It's going to take forever to disperse the money if you don't have a will. I mean, it's going to be years. How are they going to survive without a will? Man, do it now. Do Go you to have the computer one? and do it now. Yes, I do. All right. So that's LegalZoom.com, uh, code FTL for 10% discount. All right. So if you own any kind of property, I, and I do, that's why I got a will. Once, yeah. I, once I own the property, yeah, I just can't. All right, so uh, let's talk about snitching, because I mentioned it last night. We never got to the story, and Mark, uh, you've got the story. I do. From the uh, sun, from SunSentinel.com, informants will earn rewards for turning in tax cheaters. The Internal Revenue Service estimates that the difference between what Americans owe and federal taxes and what they actually pay is about... That's the difference between what they owe and what they pay, $345 billion annually. An effort to close this huge tax gap, Congress and President Bush in December enacted a measure designed to give people more motivation to tattle on dishonest employers, employees, coworkers, acquaintances, and former spouses. That's the kicker. Oh, my. Former spouses. But the enhanced incentives in the form of higher cash rewards to those who blow the whistle on tax cheats will go only to those informants who provide specific, useful Information. So you have to tell they're cheating on such and such. They don't mm-hmm. want to just have to do an audit and find out what's wrong with this person. They want specific, useful information. Because audits aren't the easiest wor- um, easiest things in the world for them to, uh, to to get done. I mean, you know, people people can be very uh, <laughs> uncooperative in, in side audits. I can imagine. And I would be as uncooperative as possible. Evidence and analysis is what they are looking for rather than hearsay and speculation, said mm-hmm. Stephen Whitlock, director of the IRS's new whistleblower office. People who oh come... Oh, my gosh. Yes, got a whole got, bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Yes, they got a whole bureaucracy. And, of course, they have to catch enough people to pay for the bureau- bureaucracy. Right. And then, well, they don't care about that. They, they just don't want really compliance. Yeah, that's true. 
People who come in with hearsay, speculation, and emotive tend to be less reliable. This shouldn't be about personal vindictiveness. No. This should be honor and integrity. Well, they're trying to appeal towards people's <laughs> sense of fairness. They're trying to appeal towards people, The you know, this whole idea that... Uh, everybody has to pay their so-called fair share, and so. But you know, if there's a bully on the the playground taking uh, that took a kid's money, does that mean that all the kids should have to give their money but up? They too? don't see it that way. I mean, yes, your your point is very salient, but they don't see it that way. What the good law-abiding citizens see is they say to themselves, "Well, I pay my taxes, and I'm a good law-abiding citizen." And that, you know, that Mark I heard him talk about on the radio how he cheats a little bit here and there on his taxes. And you know you what? need better information than that. That's not fair, is what they say to themselves. Yes, and of I course, understand. the IRS pr- promotes this concept. They promote the idea that, well, he's cheating the government, and that's not fair because it means that they're just going to have to tax me more next time. And so it gets people very indignant about the idea that people might want to keep the money that they earned. How and often that's how does the government snitch. How often does the government um, curtail its spending to only what it makes? Please, the government. It, it, I mean, there's, it's not. They're not even related. What the government spends versus what they um, take in in taxes. Mm. That's so. I mean, to think that uh, somehow you have to pay more because I'm but not this paying is what enough. They think. I understand. Right. They're jerks. They said that uh, people. Uh, that said, people with good uh, with the goods on tax cheats are going to be offered specific rewards to come forward. Said Whitlock. It's worth mentioning that the IRS has had a uh, fraud hotline for years. The number remains. And I'm not giving out that number. <laughs> and is now answered by nine one one seven seven three five. Whatever. I mean, you know, yeah. Let's call that. Uh, let's call it and jam it up so nobody else can 666. call it. <laughs> yeah, it's about the number that relates to them. And now is answered by the whistleblower office. The previous whistleblower law authorized by the IRS was to pay an informant one percent, up to fifteen um, percent of the tax and penalties. One percent to fifteen percent of the tax penalties collected as a result of the tip. Mm-hmm. Rewards were granted, but they were relatively few, as are, as were the accounts of money um, recovered. In 2005, for example, 169 whistleblowers were awarded 7.6 million, about 8% of the 93.7 million that the government collected as a result of those tips. The new law doubles the maximum reward to 30% of the total recovered, now including interest as well as tax penalties. Uh, taxes and penalties. The new, uh, the more helpful inform- the ma- information, the higher the reward. Those who have allegations but little evidence can get a reward of 1% to 10% mm-hmm. of the amount recovered. But if the IRS discovers a big tax fraud, one involving at least $2 million in lost revenue based on specific information provided, especially documents, the informant could get 15% to 30% of the amount collected. Oh, so baby. They have a new they have a new tier to their whistleblower thing. Is essentially, see. what they have, you know, the the new better evidence tier. Mm, who do I know? Let's see. <laughs> I, you know, I just I couldn't bring myself to do it to turn to turn anybody over to these 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 pit bulls. I just couldn't do it. Well, that's good. Individuals representing Satan. The, 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 that's really what they're you know what it's like. The better um, develop the information fr- uh, the information from the source. Whitlock says the better we can pursue it. Importantly, because the old whistleblower program was criticized by taxpayers for being arbitrary and granting awards, the new law created the whistleblower's office and gave it sole responsibility for handling tips and rewards. As though I guess that's going to be less arbitrary. I don't know. Decisions might be made by people who were in the examination and collection side. Whitlock said their focus was not necessarily on making sure that the whistleblower was rewarded. Whitlock thinks that um, having a dedicated office will make the program more responsive and predictable and lead to more tips and revenue collected. 
So at this point, they only got like less than 200 tips last year, and we need an office to handle that? Sure. I mean, it's another bureaucracy. Hire some more bureaucrats. Uh, whatever. Just That's disgusting. what they do. They expand their size. They certainly do. That's, it, the, that's the all fa- government does. The fact that there's an office for whistleblowers is uh, is kind of funny and uh, and annoying all at the same time. But really, what this is more uh, what more interests me about this story is the, the direction this country's going in, and that is there are more and more programs like this being created at all different levels of government in different government bureaucracies. That it's one thing to blow the whistle on the government. It's another thing to blow the whistle on a friend or a family member or somebody that you might happen to work with. Right, that's for, right. For whatever reason, whether it be you happen to know they've got a joint in their car and you blow the whistle on them through the police, or that uh, they've been cheating a little bit, so-called cheating, on their taxes, in that they're just trying to save some money so they can put food on the table for mm-hmm. their family uh, and might maybe have a few bucks left over at the end of the year to put away in the bank account. That's right. I and mean, it, that's what's going on here. And it degrades society. It creates resentment and division right, among it, people. It, Makes me scared because I don't know who to trust right. with stuff like this going on. And, and there's uh, a lot of money in in the offing too. Yep. So once again, encouraging the snitch society. Watch as these programs continue to expand. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The Packet8.net, toll free line for you. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features totally free. Enjoy them. They're on us, and that does include the bulletin board system. Over 200,000 posts, over 100, or rather 1,500 people interacting, all for free, bbs.freetalklive.com. And you should also know that uh, if you've got a child in your life, be they son, daughter, or sibling, give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. Give your special child A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich. Order at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's 800-657-5066 or akidsjourney.com. And one thing that you should tell your children is to not tell anybody about what they write on their tax returns. No, it's uh, you know it, it just you shouldn't discuss it because apparently there's people out there that are willing to just sell you down the river for ten or fifteen percent of that uh, Keep money. Your mouth shut. The IRS has created the what they call the whistleblower office. There's an entire division of the IRS now devoted towards appealing to people's sense of greed. And uh, and essentially appealing to them and saying, hey, if you know somebody who's so-called cheated on their taxes, which if the translation of that means they're just trying to keep some of the money there, um, then snitch them out. Tell us about it. We'll investigate, and if it turns out you're right, we'll give you a, give you a cut of whatever we recover. And the cut can be anywhere of up to what one to thirty percent. One to thirty percent. If if you if you can show documentation, depending you, on the information, thirty percent. And there's some, there's some. I had an article about this. I don't know if it was the same one you did, but there are comments down at the bottom from people, where essentially just average Americans are saying things like, "Oh man, now I wish I worked for an oil company so I could do the whistleblower thing." Can you imagine all the money I'd make if I could catch one of them cheating? Cackles ominously. I wouldn't grumble so much about paying taxes if I was allowed to tell the government where I didn't want my money to go. Uh, and then he gives a few examples. Since I can't, I may not cheat on taxes myself. But I sure won't bother caring if someone else decides to. Another person says, why don't I know more dishonest people? 
So people, again, just wishing they could cash in on this program. Oh, yeah. Corporal Nobby says, sounds a lot like the Soviet Union in 1938. In fact, Wayne, you made a comment about that during the break. Uh, Do you want to give me some idea of what you meant by that? Well, as countries become more totalitarian, there's always these little snitch programs. It happened in Nazi Germany. It happened in the Soviet Union. It happens in these countries, and it's starting to happen here, and it's very disturbing. It sure is, and if you've got an example of a snitch program going on in your local area, let us know, because there was another story recently, I don't remember where it was, I think it was in Kentucky, but there was a, a, essentially a program created to encourage children to snitch out their neighbors right, for if they code for zoning violations. violations. Yeah. yeah, that was hilarious, actually. They're, they're <laughs> encouraging children. You think it's funny, but this is going to get people in trouble. Uh, it sure, and, it and, sure will. And it's, yeah. it's indoctrinating the kids at a very young age. This was a program for second graders. Uh-huh. Indoctrinating pr- uh, children at a very young age into the snitch society, telling them that it's okay to rat people out for doing things that don't harm others it's one thing if you see a murder taking place right. it's another thing when you snitch somebody out for trying to keep a little bit of the money they earned for having a shingle hanging off their roof or for smoking a joint for leaving the garbage cans out uh, you know past the time that you're supposed to have your garbage cans out on the other hand i think the whistleblower laws within government are good because that's the taxpayer money that people are wasting and there's been a lot of legislation trying to protect whistleblowers at the same time there are people trying to subvert that Let's go to the phones and talk to Brian in Colorado. You're on the Amplifier line. Hey, Brian, what's on your mind? Hey, guys. It was great meeting you all in uh, New Hampshire a couple of weeks ago. Oh, it was nice meeting you, too. Excellent, sir. You, too, Brian. Yeah, it was, uh, we, we, uh, we spent the week afterwards, my wife and I, just uh, driving up and down looking for some, uh, for some property. Well, we did, so, did Heidi so find something she liked? The, uh, what's that? Did Heidi find something she liked? <laughs> we found, uh, well, she needs horse property. And all the stuff that we looked at... Uh, that they call horse property was, you know, you could put a barn there, but then you'd, you'd need a bunch of horses with uh, two legs shorter than the other to stand on the hills. Gotcha. So we, we need a little more work, but, uh, but we're, we're getting there. We're, we're finding, we're, we're being able to read the realtors' descriptions and, you know, find the actual truth in there. Gotcha. I know there's, uh, there, are, there are horse stores around here, so there must be people with horses, and oh, yes. uh, the property must be out there. I mean, there's certainly enough rural property here in New Hampshire. Eventually, I'm sure you'll find something interesting. So why'd you call tonight? Well, I called about uh, uh, taxes, and this uh, what you were saying, the, the whistleblower stuff. First of all, it's not whistleblower. I mean, you know, they might call it that because whistleblower has a good name. You know, whistleblowers yeah. work for us it's in, inside of government. This isn't whistleblowers. This is just snitch. I think you mentioned that, too. But uh, if you think about it, just filling out a 1040 form is a form of snitching on yourself. It, it's, it's admitting that you're, uh, you don't have your Fifth Amendment rights to uh, self-incrimination. So every year when, when you pay your, uh, your taxes, when you pay taxes that are, that are assessed on you, mm-hmm. are, aren't you, I don't know, uh, 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 blowing the whistle on yourself? I think you're right. And, you, you are essentially volunteering your information to this criminal organization uh, this, these people calling themselves the IRS, who are, to, to me, uh, they appear to be nothing more than a group of strangers sending me invoices. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand who they are or who they claim to be, uh, but essentially you're volunteering your monetary information, your private information to these people. And so, yeah, you're jumping, you're getting into their system, and then you're asking, uh, begging for a portion of your money back from them. Look, you know, I don't have any problem with a person who, when an armed robber comes up to them and, um, you know, says, I got a gun in my pocket and kind of point 
pokes pokes it out at them mm-hmm. if that person just goes ahead and gives them what's in their wallet. I don't have a problem with that person. I mean, I'm not going to call that person a coward. I, I would call them relatively smart. So I feel like filling out your 1040 form is relatively smart because the government's like that armed robber. They really re- will use guns and violence to get that money out of you. You know, if it if it keeps them away from you, I'm, I say go ahead and give them the money. But there's well, a chance happened- that – I was just going to say there's a chance that uh, filling out that form, especially if you do something wrong, which is so easy to do, that's going to draw them to you. It's certainly So there's possible. also that chance, Brian. I'm not, it's not foolproof. What would happen if you didn't file your taxes one year, and then the next year you reported yourself, and then you were forced to pay, but then since you're the informant, you got the 30% back? I guess there's probably a rule against that. <laughs> I would imagine they're not going for that. <laughs> you could snitch out each other. You could have a mutual snitching society. Now, Brian, you're a business owner. Um, how does this whole tax situation affect you? Do you wish that you could not withhold? I, don't, I presume you have some employees do you wish that you could not withhold and just pay all your employees what they're really worth? Well, we have this thing called the uh, true check policy. Uh, on your, uh, on, on your, your check stub, most uh, payroll companies will say, this is how much was deducted for this, this is how much was deducted for, you know, for, for uh, Medicare, right. for you know, all this other stuff, and then here, here's your bottom line. Well, we add to that, and we say this is how much you never made that it cost me. It's the eight and a half percent for mm. you know this, and one and a half percent for that, because those are taxes that if I didn't have to pay that, they're not taken out of your salary. They're taken out of my cost for you, and they're right there. Nobody knows about these things. So you also, actually include. Wait, let me make that's sure a great I understand. Idea. You're actually not only are you showing them what they what they um, paid in uh, in social security and all that, but you're showing them the other side of social security because the employee pays 7.5 percent, so called, and then the employer has this hidden 7.5 percent cost. You're showing them that adi- that additional money that they would never normally see. Yes. Oh, that's so interesting. If you're, if you're, you know, uh, gross is six thousand dollars, and then you know the, all the stuff that's taken off of that, and you end up at you know forty-two or whatever it is. I take that six thousand, add the seven and a half plus one and a half plus there's other things like this is what the insurance, you know, health insurance costs that I pay for you, mm-hmm. uh, and you know these are some other things that I pay for you. So that takes that six thousand uh, up to you know seventy-two hundred. And then you take off all that stuff, and you end up at forty-two hundred. Wow, so not, that's brilliant! Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good idea. You're not going from six thousand to forty-two. You're going from seventy-two. You know, and, and I, you know, they, you would get all that if I didn't have all these taxes to pay. I wish more employers would do something like that. Did you come up with that on your own, or did you get it from somewhere? We do our own accounting package, but it wasn't my original idea. We've been doing it for years. Uh, there is a move, and I forget the name of the, of the move. It's called the, the the fair check thing, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I forget exactly what it's called. Uh, but there, there is a, a, a movement of people tr- just trying to get the education, the word out that, that this kind of thing should be shown to your employees. Fantastic. Congratulations on that. I know you're going to be moving your business here when you come to New Hampshire, and look forward to that. And, Brian, thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you, sir. 800-259-9231. I love that idea because so many employees are completely oblivious Right. to all of these taxes that are confiscated from them before the, the dollar amount even makes it to the paycheck to have the uh, the income tax and all the other stuff taken out. Well, that's right, and a lot of people don't realize that that, that job that's in the paper for $28,000 a year is really budgeted for about 50000 a year. 
I don't know if it goes that high. Well, but it could, yeah, depending it, on the state. It's probably at least 35000 I mean, there's definitely several thousand there that you're not getting because that business owner has to pay business taxes. Most people look at the amount that's on the check. They don't even look at what the uh, taxes are. or any. They don't even look at those numbers at all. But I think that uh, if it's printed properly, you know, uh, you can... You can show your employees just how much they're paying in It'll taxes. at least get them thinking. Hour number two's on the way. Coming up, bad news from Britain. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two. You bring up what you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features totally free. Enjoy them. They're on us. That's freetalklive.com. Well, we've got uh, actually a, a handful of stories this hour that aren't taking place in America, but they're taking place over in Great Britain. And uh, as you pointed out, Wayne, during the break, you say, uh, and I agree with you entirely, you say we should pay attention to what's going on in Great Britain, not just those of us in America, but everybody around the world, because, well, they're sort of instituting a lot of the police state tactics first, aren't they? Yes, they're, they're, they appear to be a bellwether for what's going to happen here if we allow it. And we, that brings us to a story about Britain. In, from today's Free Market News Network, Britain to fingerprint children. Leaked documents oh indicate that the British government is planning a program to fingerprint children as young as 11 and store the fingerprints in a national database, according to the BBC and the Times Online. Now, this has been going on for years in America, but it hasn't been a national program. What it's been here has been, you know, they'll put a 30-second ad on the radio. It'll say, come on down to the mall this weekend where uh, your local police department will be fingerprinting children, and we'll give you one copy for your records, and if you let us, we'll keep a copy for ourselves. Um, and, you know, they're selling it on the idea that, well, if you give your children's fingerprints out, then it could somehow help if they were ever abducted and that sort of thing. And, you know, that might be the case. It may very well be the and case. Especially, and, and I don't have a problem with it if it's optional as far as, okay, you're opting in, you're taking your kids to the mall. But it's not optional, though. I mean, your what kid, do you mean? Your kid it, it doesn't have the option, and it's his, finger, his or her fingerprints. But what I'm saying is the option to go and get fingerprinted and then keep the fingerprints for yourself That's and right. not turn it over to the government. Yeah. You don't have to do it. Those programs that they have in the mall, they, as I understand it, the government is not necessarily keeping those fingerprints. You can keep that all in your file. That way, if your kid is abducted, then you can hand over the, the prints to the police at that point. Right. Certainly superior. But is, that's not what's happening here, is no, it? No, that's right. And Britain was already planning to begin a fingerprinting passport applicants over 16 in 2008. Under the new program, children between 11 and 15 would also be fingerprinted and added to a national identity register in 2010. Oh, boy. About 500,000 children are expected to be registered each year. Critics of the plan call it it a move towards a surveillance police state. Totally. And many parents are angry that they did not give consent to their children being fingerprinted. The issue is well, also, now, you, you sort of did give consent by the fact that you don't stand up against your government. Yeah, and you send them to government schools, too. I mean, when, when, they, uh, when an armed gangster comes and points a, a gun at you and demands money, to an extent, you are consenting by handing it over. You could say no. Yep. You might get shot, but you still could say no. Yeah, you could. But the issue is being politicized over there, and the Tories, the Tory party there, has promised to block the plan if they win the next election. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. 
<laughs> They've been doing things like that. Uh, th- that's how it's been sort of shifting over there. And if you're in the U.K., you want to comment, 800-259-9231 is our toll-free number. But uh, I don't know what the parties are. I know there's a, some sort of a conservative party, and then there's the Tories. I think they're different. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. But when one gets in control, they 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 always implement some new police state security tactic, and then the other party says, well, just elect us, and we'll take care of that next time. Right. And I don't believe them. It's pretty do much you? it's pretty much what the uh, Democrats and the Republicans do. Well, you know, they, the Democrats spoke out against the Patriot Act, uh, you know, the whole time and for the last six years. Have they repealed it? No. Nope. No, you know, I haven't seen that happen. They my spoke thoughts, out against. Uh, my thoughts the, exactly. Yeah. There, there are some suggestions of uh, uh, t- tempering it, but still. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, talk is cheap. Yeah, talk is cheap. Uh, action it takes a little bit more effort, and. It, it, you know, I was going to say, the other thing that people forget, too, is that when children are born in this country, they they take a blood sample. Does anybody ever ask where that blood sample goes? Wow, I had no idea about yeah, that. Yeah, both of my kids. My you allowed that a, to happen? I'm, I'm shocked. My son was premature, and we thought it was being done for medical reasons, mm-hmm. and, and they kept messing up and putting the needle in him wrong, and he was screaming, oh. and he was like a month early, too, so he was like five pounds, five uh, fourteen. he was little, yeah. And and they kept sticking this needle in his toe, and he was screaming and screaming. They couldn't get enough blood out. It was just it was a mess. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So um so more police state tactics being imposed on people, and we're seeing this happen as time goes on. In fact, I've got another story out of Great Britain. You mentioned passports, Wayne. Well, now they're using passports as leverage against their their citizens. Uh, to give them an incentive to get the new national ID card. Now, again, as we've been reporting over the, the past couple of years, Britain's probably about six months or, or 12 months ahead of us on implementing some of these police state tactics. The national ID card is no, is no exception. They're further along on this concept than, than the uh, United States government is. Well, now, the Daily Mail reports that anybody who objects to their personal details going on the new Big Brother ID cards database will be banned from having a passport. James Hall, the official in charge of the supposedly voluntary scheme, said the government would allow people to opt out, but in return they must, quote, forego the ability, unquote, to have a travel document. With one in every eight people saying they'll refuse to sign up, up to five million adults could be effectively be refused permission to leave the country. Wouldn't that make you a prisoner in your own country? It does make you exactly that. Uh, Campaigners reacted to Mr. Hall's remarks with fury, saying there were yet more evidence of the lurch towards Big Brother Britain. Phil Booth of the No to ID group said, quote, the idea that ID card scheme is voluntary and that people can opt out is a joke. He said that there are all sorts of reasons why people need to travel, not just for holidays. There's work, visiting relatives, and then there's that whole being free thing. You know, mm-hmm. there's that yeah. as well. Uh, what these people are, what are these people supposed to do? It stretches the definition of voluntary beyond the breaking point. They'll go to any length to get personal information for this huge database. Who knows what will happen to it then? Mr. Hall, chief executive of the Identity and Passport Service, delivered his warning during a Downing Street web chat. One concerned member of the public, Andrew Michael Edwards, asked what would happen to people who refused to join the 5.4 billion pound scheme. Hall replied, quote, there's no need to register and have fingerprints taken, but you will forego the ability to have a passport. Officials later explained the meaning of his remark. The first ID cards will be issued in 2009. I believe that's a year later than they originally expected to do it to anybody who applies for a passport. People will be required to give fingerprints, biometric details such as a facial scan, and a wealth of personal details, including second homes, driving license, and insurance numbers. All will be stored on a giant ID cards register, which can be accessed by accredited Whitehall departments, banks, and businesses. So, yeah, 
the Britain, uh, the government of the United Kingdom is going to give business people access to their ID card database. As though it weren't bad enough that all the government agencies were going to have access to all your personal sensitive information. They're going to sell that information as well. While the ID you cards, know, that that's so unfair that they forcibly extract this well, information it's a gang from you. Of thugs, of course it's unfair, Mark. The government has been unfair for decades. It's just getting more unfair at a rapid clip. <laughs> yeah. I, I also read a few weeks ago that even with the real ID program, and I'm sure this is true over in Britain, that that really wealthy, powerful people are not going to have their personal information in these IDs. They'll probably have a special chip that says. When they get pulled over, it's kind of like a get out of jail free card type chip that says none of your business. Let this guy go. You're going to have that. It's possible. It's not going to be the same for everybody. Can you see Bill Gates getting an ID, a national real ID? Or friends of Tony Blair. I mean, yeah. the, the, the people who are in the elites. Absolutely. Great point. They'll have some sort of special status. That's While right. the ID cards bill was going through Parliament, peers agreed an opt-out with ministers for people who, dis- who needed a passport but didn't want to participate in the ID card scheme. It was the only way the Lords would accept the legislation amid howls of concern that it represents yet another move towards a surveillance society. But as Mr. Hall's comment... But it's okay if we, if we make concessions. No, we can move towards the surveillance society. Right. It's like, you know, just asking for the world and then just getting a continent. I, it's that's ridiculous. What it is. Right. You shoot for the moon, you might make it over the fence. But as Mr. Hall's comments this week made clear, the opt-out only applies to being physically issued with a card. In order to get a passport, people will still have to hand over all their personal details for storage on the ID cards register. Well, they'll be treated in the same uh, well, where they'll be treated in the same way as those who agreed to sign up. So, if you go through the process after this goes through, mm-hmm. if you go through the process of getting a passport, you will de facto have a national ID card. They will collect that same information. So there, the walls are closing in as disturbing. we speak. New laws being passed to restrict your freedom of movement. And if you're sitting here listening and you're thinking, oh, this never happened here. Oh, this is America. This is a free country. Well, you must not have heard us talk about maybe your new listener. Maybe you didn't hear the news that here in America, if you fly to Mexico or Canada, you now need a passport to re-enter the United States. Next year, if you drive to either one of those countries, you will need a passport to re-enter the United States. The prison of America is being built up around you. How do you feel about that? 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, and that does include the Shrine of Female listeners. With dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show, see what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. And SACL, CAI, has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call and have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. We are talking about ID cards uh, over in Great Britain. And as Wayne pointed out uh, last segment, the reason why we should pay close attention, besides the fact that we actually have listeners in Great Britain (laughs) and they care about these things, but the reason why we as Americans should pay attention to this is because it's not going to be uh, too long before these ideas are brought here. In fact, 
the uh, the United States government is only a few months behind Great Britain in the implementation of these real of this uh, real ID program. I guess when I say a few months, I mean a few years. But they're 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 moving along. They're trying to. They want to do this. They want to have this nationalized ID card. And in Great Britain now, they're saying if you don't get the national ID, you can't leave the country. If you don't jump through our hoops, if you don't give us a facial scan, if you don't give us your DNA sample, if you don't give us your house, your second house, your ID, your information, your kids, uh, your kids' names, all the information we asked for, if you don't jump through all of these hoops, you can't leave. Welcome to the prison. That's what's going on here. You know, you, it, it's really... It's a very apt description. It's a very large prison, but if you can't leave a certain plot of land, you are not in, free. You are imprisoned on it. Um, you know, whether it's East Germany, whether it's uh, Alcatraz, I mean, that's that's what the case is. And if that happens here in the United States, it's happening you, here. If you have to have this. Uh, th- this you you have to jump through these hoops in order to just be able to leave and go someplace. I mean we we haven't needed that up to this point. Why do we need it now? Well, we hadn't we had it to an extent in that you couldn't go to certain places without getting a passport, but you still could just leave. You could still go to Mexico or Canada and not have to say anything to anybody right. about it. That's changed now. It's changed from uh, from the air. If you come back, you have to have a passport, which means you have to jump through the government's hoops. And now they've got the, uh, the, uh, the, the RFID chips that are in the passports here in this country. Next year, you're not going to be able to come back via car if you uh, go to Canada or I mean, Mexico. what happens if we you... We're going to be a prison by January of 2008. What happens if you happen to have gone over in a car and, you know, you stayed for whatever period of time it is? Do you decide to stay? Weeks? Months? Whatever? I have no idea. And then you Mark. try to come back. I, I don't know. Something smells really rotten here about that with Mexico and Canada, because if you look at the proposal for the Security and Prosperity Partnership, that would actually eliminate those things. So maybe they want to create an uproar. Oh, that's right. The government's going to create a problem so that they can solve a a problem. What are you suggesting? Well, the Security and Prosperity Partnership, which would create the North American Union with a common currency, common political structure, that, of course, would uh, eliminate uh, any kind of passports or... Uh, it'll be allow more freedom of travel between the three countries. Oh, I see. So you're saying that in January of 2008, when the when the uh, the the curtain comes down, if you will, on the northern and southern border of of America, That's right. that people are going to get outraged. The people that uh, cross the border on a daily basis for business or That's whatever right. it is, or just for pleasure to go and visit friends or family members, they're going to get outraged. They're going to um, get upset they're going to call their representatives they're going to say hey what the hell do you think you're doing because of course they won't know until they actually try to leave that these are going to be requirements because people don't pay attention they don't know these things um and so they're going to get outraged and then they're going to say okay well here's our solution we'll just create this north american union and we'll uh, we'll make it so you can cross borders again and then we'll have this big government that'll be like three governments in one Right? Yeah, something like that. Lo and behold, it sounds plausible, and uh, and that certainly would stick with the pattern of how government works. And then, of course, that won't solve any problems. It'll just create new ones in that they'll have an excuse at that point to bring out the new North American Union currency, the Amero, mm-hmm. replace the failing dollar, right. and get everybody to believe that. Um, what did you suggest? I think you said that it might be like you get ten, or you you have to spend ten dollars to get one Amero or something like that. Whatever the exchange rate ends up being, it was like when the euro came out. A lot of the people who exchanged their lira or their francs got screwed basically uh, the the comparable uh, exchangeable amount of euros didn't buy what the uh, the previous currency did right and and then on top of that you know you've got all this these issues about w- w- what form of government is this going to be 
does our Constitution go away? Oof. And you see, when, if and, and who when, gets to consent to it? Yes, we never exactly. consented to the Constitution in the first place, so there's no reason why they're going to ask anybody for permission to create a new Constitution. They'll just do it, and most people will say, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's go to the phones, to the fun. Let's talk to Bill in Virginia. You're on the amplifier line. Hey, Bill. Hi, how you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, you guys are talking about, you know, all these databases and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, right here in Virginia, we had a tremendous abuse of such a database. Uh, there was a reporter for uh, the Roanoke Times who decided he was going to uh, buy a database from the Virginia State Police of more than 135,000 concealed carry permit holders, complete with names and addresses, and publish a searchable database on the Internet. So you knew, you know, that your neighbor either owned guns or had guns or carried while he was in your carpool or came to the office or whatever. Wow. So you never know where any of this information is going to be, you know, wind up, who's going to get a hold of it, how it's going to be used, who's going to know things about you. You know, it's starting. You know, what's funny is I've read that the countries in Europe who stored the most data on their citizens in the 30s and 40s were those whose where the most Jews were killed. No, I, I find that easy to believe. Has um, there been any has there been any fallout from this already or when did when oh, did this happen? I, I mean, the the database didn't last it on the uh, on a, on the internet for over a day because, you know, we've got a really active gun rights group down here and as soon as they got wind of it, I mean, you know, uh the president said it was like watching a nuclear bomb go off. You know, so many people called in and you know, got on, you know, the Internet forums and slammed this guy and called the newspaper and, you know, probably state police that, you know, they just took it down. Wow. You know, that's what has to happen here. Every time they bring forth some kind of anti-freedom rule or legislation, people just need to jump on them like white on rice. Right. That is what needs to happen. I mean, you know, there's no other choice. And, you know, this is why I'm against things like permits for things that you should be able to do anyway in the first place. Absolutely. why do they need this information? And, I mean, this we're talking everybody. This was names and addresses of police officers, politicians, your, uh, your ex-wife, your <laughs> ex-wife's boyfriend, your ex-husband. I mean, everybody. Wow. So, you know, one lady wrote into the forums that, you know, she's moved twice already trying to, you know, get away from an abusive ex-husband, and now she has to move again. Oh, my gosh. That is, oh my man, you know, and, and I mean, who's who's going to pay for this? You know, who who are you going to go sue or bring, you know, file a lawsuit against? Sovereign immunity. You know, there's there's uh, no one that's going to pay for this. It certainly won't be the government. They're ne- almost never held responsible for doing something wrong. And when they are, it's not the person, it's not the person who did it who's held responsible. It's the taxpayers who yeah. have to pay. Oh, sure, we so, all pay absolutely. for this. We all pay for some stupid bureaucrat who wasn't incentivized to do their job in the first place, like a free, like the free market incentivizes Bill, people. Bill, thanks for the call, man. Look forward to seeing you back here in New Hampshire as soon as possible. It's good that people got active on that, and that's what needs to happen, and it is happening here in New Hampshire. There's going to be a bunch of people doing that exact thing tomorrow at the State House, as a matter of fact. More on the way you take control of the airwaves. This is your show, Free Talk Live. Sword Band coming up. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You take control. Bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com. The place to go. Archives galore. An entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the site. For your downloaded convenience, you just go and get them. They're free. Freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. More news from across the pond. The United Kingdom, we were uh, just talking with Bill in Virginia about how in, uh, well, in his state, in Virginia, somebody had bought a database of all of the information of the gun owners, the registered gun owners there in the state. And there are some people that would really like to see the day in America where we have laws similar to Great Britain. Great Britain has effectively just outlawed guns, and now they're making a move on swords. Swords? Yeah. Because there's so many sword deaths? Uh, Apparently so. Shops uh, should be banned, according to the BBC, from selling imitation samurai swords, says the government. The Home Office said the weapons had been used in about 80 serious attacks in England and Wales since 2003, and it wants to target their distribution. Well, how many um, how many defenses had they been used in? Oh, they don't, I don't say. Know. They don't. Yeah, they don't want to tell about. you that. They don't want to say how many people have managed to defend themselves because they had swords in their home, or how many people have managed to defend themselves because they had a gun on them. That's not the kind of well, information that, that they want to give out. Yeah, right. it would hurt their case. They want to make a scare. They want to make you know, it sound scary to people that there's all these illicit swords out on the street and you could get stabbed right. by one. It might just jump up and stab people, you. Sixty people were attacked, but uh, 250 women were ma- and managed to uh, fend off a rapist um, because they happen to have a gun on them. People, well, they don't have guns in uh, the United Kingdom. Oh yes, they do. Not regular people, but they do have them. The criminals. Well, they're criminals because they have them. Well, I, I would say most people are law-abiding citizens, and they probably turned in their guns. As, some some probably did, but there's still guns out there. I mean, to, to think that they can pass a law and get rid of the guns empowers them, Ian. It doesn't. I didn't say that, that they could you do said, that. You said I'm they didn't have guns. I'm saying there's a England. good chunk of people that went and turned in their guns when their government told them to. Well, you know, like, they're, 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 like they do lots here. Lots of sheeple do that kind of crap. Right. And now, instead of guns, it's, see, the sheeple, what they've done is they said to themselves... Okay, well, mommy government won't allow me to defend myself with a firearm anymore, so now I'm going to go buy a sword, since those are still legal. And so they did. And now the government wants to outlaw that. People who carry the cheaply priced swords in public can already be charged with possessing an offensive weapon. Genuine samurai swords used in ceremonial... So they water- already have a, a charge for this, and but they want a new one? If you're uh, carrying in public. I see. You have to be, you have to be carrying it in public. Right. Uh, genuine samurai, samurai swords used in ceremonial martial arts display or sought by collectors would be exempt. <laughs> oh, really? So, so somebody who can afford a nice one right. is yeah. fine. Oh, and they're sharp, too, believe me. I've known people that have them. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, you do not want to go near this thing. Oh, yeah, if you're, if you're <laughs> a serious sword collector, yeah, definitely. Yeah. The plans are detailed in, consul- in a consultation paper banning offensive weapons, which forms part of a wider crackdown on knife crime. Knuckle dusters, as you may recall, there was a time, I think it was last year, there was a several-month period of time in the United Kingdom where they had what they called knife amnesty, where everybody who had a knife, and I guess there were some exemptions, like for cooking, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you have a knife, you are supposed to go down to your local police department and turn it in. Right. No questions asked, that whole deal. Knuckle dusters, and so this is the next step. Knuckle dusters and butterfly knives are among the weapons currently prohibited with dealers facing penalties of up to six months in jail and a fine of 5,000 pounds. 
Quote, banning the sale, importation, and hire will take more dangerous weapons out of circulation, making our streets safer, says the minister of office, whoever, Vernon Coker. Uh, quote, we recognize it as the cheap, easily available samurai swords, which are being used in crime, and not the genuine, more expensive samurai swords, which are of interest to collectors and martial arts enthusiasts. So essentially, there are people who have gone out there, they've given up their guns because, again, they consider themselves good law-abiding citizens. Personally, if uh, someone asked me to give up my guns, uh, that wouldn't be happening. And I think a lot of Americans feel the same way. But a number of people will just go ahead and do whatever the government says, and then they'll go and they'll do their best to arm themselves with whatever's left. Paper if, clips. Right. If all they have left <laughs> is, if, is a stone, they'll, they'll pack a stone in their back pocket. Um, so that's what they've done here is they've gone to swords. They've gone to essentially, you know, the made-in-Pakistan, made-in-China swords that you see at the medieval fair, the Renaissance fairs, you know, the the uh, corner stores, just the cheapy import stores, the $8 swords, these things. That's what they've done. And they're affordable. And you can protect yourself with them. It, it may not, you know, it may not be enough to slice someone in half. They may not come that sharp, but you damn sure can jab someone in the belly with it. No mm-hmm. doubt about that. And so that's what they've started to do, and now the uh, the law is being passed that's essentially going to target those who can only afford the cheap stuff. So if you can afford a good five hundred to a thousand dollar samurai sword, you're okay. Right. Hey, you're a collector. You're someone who's serious about martial arts. If you can show that you're serious by having money, then we'll allow you to keep your sword. You know, it's you know, some people just want them for displays in their home, and they can't they they can't afford or not willing to pay whatever the rates are for a full fledged samurai sword. But they should be able to have these as displays in their homes. They should sure. be able to protect their homes with these swords if if that's what they choose to do. I mean, the cheap I, ones still look. Cool. I think you should have a shotgun to protect your um your home, and I'm sure that they have they an outlawed that. shotguns. I bet they have an outlawed I don't shotgun. Think, I don't I don't know about that. I, I it would seem like it would seem really crazy. If you're in the United Kingdom and you know the answer, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I'll bet they've just outlawed handguns over there, but I don't know. Hugh Penrose was jailed at Newcastle Crown Court last month for murder after striking a twenty one year old woman with one of the samurai swords before running her over. And in October, Bradley Moran was jailed for seventeen years for killing a man in Devon following an argument. One MP recently warned the swords were the preferred weapon of choice for gangs after guns. So, what's next? I mean, if they successfully ban swords, as they've banned guns, uh, if they successfully ban swords, of course, that just means, again, the law-abiding citizens will turn in theirs. The gangs won't do anything differently. They'll continue packing whatever sort of weapons they feel like packing. But what will they target next? What will the average citizen who considers themselves law-abiding, who's turned in their guns and turned in their swords, what will they start doing? Are they going to just carry around a chef's knife? Um, I mean, will that be illegal? It's probably illegal to carry any sort of knife outside of your kitchen or in in a yeah. uh, package as far as you could go to the store and buy a knife in a package and take it home, but actually carrying it on your person. Once it's out of that person. package, you, you, it's pretty much, um, and it's not in your kitchen, right. it's against the law. What about mace or, or um, stun guns? Maybe that'll be next. How about mag lights? Yeah, mag lights. They're they're heavy. Oh, they're it's, like a, it's like a crucial, right? You know. Well, you can roll up a Cudgel. magazine and do Cudgel. some damage with somebody. You could carry a magazine if you roll it up tight. That's mm-hmm. that's a weapon. It is. It it it's not gonna. You just have to hit them straight on with it. I'd like to see someone mm-hmm. ban fists and feet. Uh, let's go ahead and just amputate everyone, and just put little uh, poofy things on the end of your arms, so that way, if you try to hit somebody, it's just like <laughs> it's just like playing a game. <laughs> I mean, really, how much further can this go? <sighs> is this going to stop? I mean, is do you are you somebody who really thinks 
that these weapons bans are going to do anything to stop violent crime? Really? If you're that person, I want to hear from you. 800-259-9231. I doubt we will, but I know you're out there. But the evidence um, really dismounts in the opposite direction. It's, in fact, the criminals realize that there aren't any guns and that people aren't able to defend themselves, so they commit more crimes. Not only do they commit more crimes, but they commit more brazen crimes as well. I believe the studies showed that after Britain banned handguns from homes, that home invasions during the times at which people are home drastically increased. Those are, those are very heinous. Those are worse than crimes that are committed against you when you're not home. Apparently, if you have an, an heirloom and um, an heirloom gun in, in Britain, you can you could apply for a permit for it. But uh, other so than an that, old gun, right? Yeah. You, uh, you know, so no new shotguns. You're I telling guess. me shotguns are banned in, in Great Britain? That's what I've been. That's what I'm being told All right. by uh, somebody who somebody who lives there. Uh, no. Okay. Somebody gun, who ought to know a gun gun nut gun nut. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so again, this is going to do nothing to reduce crime. All it's going to do is make it so innocent people are more vulnerable. And the statistics bear it out. John Lott, I believe, wrote a book, uh, More Guns, Less Crime. Fact is, the states with the, lowest, uh, with the lowest gun control laws are the safest states. And now Great Britain is going to be a free-for-all. I mean, all the criminals are going to be able to arm themselves with whatever they want. And all the innocent people who have turned in their weapons are going to be completely helpless. And the government's answer is going to be, well, if you're threatened, just call 911 or yeah. whatever it is over there. And we'll help Spit We'll help em. you. We'll save you. Oh, don't forget, you have to run out of your house if you're threatened. More on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. Looking for a gun banner. Somebody wants to see weapons banned. Somebody who's wet dream is what they're doing over in Great Britain, where they're banning swords. $8 samurai swords that you might find at a uh, you know a flea market. They're being banned in Great Britain. Somebody who thinks that's a great idea. 1-800-259-9231. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free, though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by voting for us. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com. It'll take you less than a minute, and all you need to do is uh, is utilize your email address, which will not be spammed, will not be sold. It's a very simple, very easy process. And the result of you voting for us means that we'll be the number one podcast in the world, hopefully, by the end of this month. We're, I think we currently are the number one podcast. We're currently the number one podcast, but the lead is, it, um, it, you know, we've been saying been it was tenuous. The lead? Yeah, they're closing the lead, and they're going to take it away from us. We're only 17 votes oh ahead boy. of the uh, that Potter kid. We need you. Um, and Harry Potter is going to, you know, wave his little magic wand and take away our first place. We need you to go and vote at vote.freetalklive.com. Ask some friends to do it as well. It's easy, and it makes a difference because the, the longer we're number one, the more people will spot us at number one and tune in and discover the message of freedom and liberty. That's important. So go to vote.freetalklive.com as we go to the phones to the fun. It's Max in the United Kingdom. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, Max. Hi, chaps. How are you doing? Oh, jolly um, good. Hey, oh, good, good. <laughs> um, you, you, you referred to the, the, the shotgun laws or the gun laws in the UK. Yes. Um, the shotguns, uh, you can apply for a license if you have good cause. For example, if you live on a farm and you're trying to... Um, Maybe you have a pest problem, and then you're entitled, obviously, then. So living, have... uh, so living in an apartment, that's not good cause. Now, uh, hold no. on, just a second. Now, uh, would you only be able to get, say, a 20-gauge shotgun if you have a pest problem? Is that If that's what um, your claim is? Or could you get a 12-gauge? I'm, I'm not, as your board, op, uh, the board director says, uh, I'm not a gun uh, nut or gun aficionado, <laughs> not a aficionado. So I don't know about all the different gauges. Um, 
But whichever way, you cannot have a rifle or a shotgun or any other kind of uh, handgun um, unless, of course, you get a license. So you, those, you're, yeah. you're essentially saying you have to beg for permission from the U.K. Oh, yeah. government in order to get any sort of uh, firearm. Yeah, even if you're a farmer and you've got every good cause, if they still don't like your face or, you know, you, if your face doesn't fit, tough, you know. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> their reason the for is. turning you down, they can just turn you down. Yep. And I can only um, imagine what the application have to give a reason. Maybe you can appeal, but who knows. Um, but um, you would need to... But then there's the other rules that go alongside it. You can't just go leaving your gun in your house by your door as you can in places like Alaska and Canada or what have you, which would be good sense and hand and ready. You have to put it in a locked-up box. Jeez. So if something would happen, you needed the gun quickly, you've got to find the key first. Good luck. You know? Well, what happens if you have, have the permit for the gun, but you're not following the rules as far as locking it up? I would think your chances are a little better there. I mean, like, you would be less likely you to get a bunch of You probably aren't time. going to get inspected that much. You're probably true. not going to get inspected, or if, not that often. But if, if you were to, um, you know, if someone did do a random inspection, presumably some sort of gun Nazi. Someone could snitch you UK, out. Yes, someone could. Yep, I don't doubt that it is the case that people will do that, because we've entered into that kind of regime over here as, as you pretty much are over there in the, in the U.S. Uh, snitching seems to be a good thing. Yeah, that's here. what the government says. They're least. trying. So, oh, now, man, Max, they... now you're, you're there, you're in the midst of it. How do you feel about the sword ban? I mean, what are the, what's the, what are the rules crazy. with knives over there? Oh, it's, it's crazy. First of all, it was like, oh, let's get rid of all the guns and have all these different gun amnesties, handguns, because maybe that will just, you know, stop all the, um, the gun crime. Well, it doesn't stop any kind of gun crime whatsoever. So it hasn't made the, it hasn't made the yobs any less threatening or anything like that. No, 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 no. I mean, at the end of the day, it goes down to well, if you're a law-abiding good old slave, you know, then you'll hand in all your supposed weapons, you know, of minor and mass destruction, you know. But if you're effectively couldn't give a uh, hoot, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to use a bad word then. Right. If you couldn't give a hoot about the um, the laws, and you live outside the law, or you really have no values whatsoever, you know, you're lawless, you go on carrying yourself a gun and a knife and whatever sure. else, and you do whatever you want to do. And you're just never going to stop that kind of person. If they're going to carry a gun or a knife or what have you, they'll carry it anyway. How Making rose, a law... How rose-colored do people's glasses have to be to not understand this? And I, how can oh. somebody say to themselves, yeah, these laws are a good idea. This will put a stop to all the violent crime in the world. I mean, come on. Isn't it just the, the first thing you think about is that, hmm, maybe the criminals won't listen to the law. Maybe the criminals don't give a flip. I mean, why uh, is it that, how can people ignore <laughs> this? I think because maybe um, that we have such, uh, I don't know, um, how can you put it? Our, our education system is, frankly, government-run, government-funded. Um, everyone is of the... Uh, pretty much, well, we're highly taxed anyway, um, and why should anyone get better than I've got? We should all be the same, but one's always trying to outdo the other person next to them, and we're dumbed down, and it's yeah. like, oh, we're constantly, or I, I'm personally not, I've become pretty much a freedom fighter like you guys. And right on. I, I'm, ooh, I, I'm seething with all this, you know? Unfortunately, but, uh, you know, it's, it's hard at this point. I mean, when everybody has been dumbed down, as you point out, it's difficult to get people to even think. I mean, that's just it. If you just think for a little They don't like to question anything. Right. They don't like to question anything. I think the old phrase by Benjamin Franklin was, uh, it's the duty of every good person to question authority. Absolutely. Uh, 
And unfortunately, most people over here, they think, oh, no, the government wouldn't do anything wrong, even though they took us into an illegal war. Yep. And even though they've got proposed or alleged corruption within the House of Lords. Isn't it uh, amazing? Lord. You could, you could go down just... the laundry list of the different things oh. that people would admit that the government did wrong or botched up or cost way too much, and it still doesn't have any effect on them. They still just bounce right back and say, well, we need government to do all these things. Well, yes, I... they make some mistakes. Yes, they spend billions of dollars too much. Sure, they kill innocent people around the world, but we need them. <laughs> we have to have I, them I do these the... things. I find it quite amazing that, you, you know, they say the first thing they seem to do is, like, I'll turn to government. They've got the solution somehow. Yep. Goodness knows. That That's happens. what they've been programmed to do by programmed the government thing, schools. Exactly. Brainwashed. Absolutely brainwashed. And they're so dumb about it. They believe it's the case. However, you, you then ask the next question, if you, if you dare to, uh, if it's politically correct, but who gives a crap about that? Is uh, you say, well, okay, well, would you trust any politicians? And the first answer is, no way. Right. Right. You know. So I'm thinking, well, there you go. There's your answer. They're corrupt. You don't trust them, yet you're trusting them with your lives. Well, the you know, next politician, with... the next politician will be the good guy. Yeah, they're all as uh, disgusting as the rest. You well, know, well, they, they, they are, and people seem to. That's what we. That's what we see over here in America. I mean, the, the old joke here is that, well, yeah. how do you tell a politician is lying? And the answer is his lips are moving, right? Everybody laughs at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Ha, 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 jolly good joke. <laughs> well, we'll keep voting for him, though. Right. And then, and then Nothing we, changes. Exactly. And then you the government. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, and, and the government is just a group of these lying politicians. So people trust that, but they don't, they don't trust the individual politician who's a lying sap. I, yo, exactly. Yeah. I mean, what I find amazing is that they don't trust themselves. You know, these people yeah. don't trust themselves enough to believe in mm. if something feels wrong or it seems wrong to them, they won't speak up against the authority because mm. the authority is going to come down on them. Yep, you they're know? scared. People are frightened to death. We've seen that here. Um, people have actually written in, as I pointed out, I think it was last week, Toby got a couple of anonymous um, emails or postcards from people here in town saying, thanks for doing what you're doing. We're too scared to do anything about it. Yeah, I, and I think Britain, in some ways... Uh, Maybe I'm of old, the old, the old thinking, or of very liberated thinking, a freedom fighter, so to speak, is I believe you should have the right to protect yourself and your family and your property. But more and more, there's been loads of cases over here where, uh, say, a burglar's broken in, they've tried to, def you know, the person in the house has tried to defend themselves, the burglar's gone and complained and s sought a suit against yep. the, the owner, occupier, and, and won. It happens here, too. Winning. <sighs> Now, Max, when you think about uh, Great Britain and, and the United States and you think about uh, freedom, which one do you consider to be more free or less free? Or do you, um, cons you, know, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, um, what's free? Freer um, or more free? I don't know, correct grammar. But, I think it's for more uh, New, New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> New Hampshire and certainly is. I'll be is. over there as soon as I can be. Um, Are you, have you I'm signed up for the Free State Project already? Uh, yeah, I've signed up for it, of course. Excellent. <laughs> and I, I can't wait. Um, but it's probably going to take a little while. Meanwhile, sure. while I'm of this, uh, as far as freedom, I think um, both the U.S. and Britain are uh, pretty much as bad as one another in various ways. Yeah, one, probably right. At least in the States, you have, well, the possibility to defend yourself with um, a lethal weapon if necessary, or maybe they're more easy to come a hold of. Well, there are, there some, are states are better, some states are better than others, but yes, by and yeah, large, okay. I would say that's correct. California, New York, probably more similar to Britain than, uh, than other states, yeah. Yeah, but if you take over here in Britain, um, you want to stand up against the authority. Well, frankly, they have all the guns. Mm -hmm. They have all the weapons. And so you can't exactly go running down the street, throw, you know, waving a spoon in the air. I'll get you, you know. <laughs> 
they'll, they'll just gun you down if necessary. Um, since the recent um, so-called gun crimes in, in, in London, you know, which was then echoed and mirrored, do you want to hold me over? I can't, but thank you for the call, okay. Max. It was great information. Okay, no we really appreciate hearing from you. It, it, the music scares some people. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's music there. 800-259-9231. Hour number three is on the way. The coming entitlement meltdown. Presidential candidate Ron Paul has a few words. I think he's he is official now, right? He That's is official. official. All right, more on the way. You take control of the airwaves. This is your show, Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three. You bring up what you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features totally free. Those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for their websites. We do it for free. Enjoy. Freetalklive.com. Well, Ron Paul, um, I believe it is uh, was made official yesterday, I think it was the day, um, that he has, I guess, announced himself officially as a presidential candidate running under the Republican ticket. Though, if you've never heard of Ron Paul before now, please understand, he ain't your typical Republican. Uh, this is a guy who at one time ran as a Libertarian Party candidate. I believe the year was 1988. Correct. So, right. so he has been a Libertarian, um, and that means he still is a Libertarian. It's just that he believed that uh, the the most effective way to spread liberty was to go back into the Republican Party and try to sort of take it over from the inside via the Republican Liberty Caucus, that sort of thing. Um, so just just to clarify for anybody that's never heard of this guy, he puts out uh, some interesting things via his newsletter uh, called Texas Straight Talk. He's a Texas representative in the U.S. House. And this one's called The Coming Entitlement Meltdown. David Walker, Comptroller General at the Government Accountability Office, appeared on the show 60 Minutes last evening. This was written last week. To discuss the federal budget outlook. If you saw the show, you know that he painted a very sobering picture regarding the federal government's ability to meet its future obligations. If you didn't see the show, Mr. Walker's theme was simple. Government entitlement spending is like a runaway freight train headed straight at American taxpayers. He singled out the Medicare prescription drug bill passed by Congress at the end of 2003. You remember that one where they had originally predicted a, a certain price, like $3 billion, and it ended up being way, way more than what they had originally predicted? Everything. Uh, that's every program and everything that they talk about. Right, but uh, this one was prices. way more than any, even any of the other programs that they mispredicted. Yep. He singled out Medicare prescription, uh, the Medicare prescription prescription drug bill as probably the most fiscally irresponsible piece of legislation since the 1960s. And this is the government's own guy yeah. talking here. Yeah. He's, what, you know, Ian, I might add that he's been so frustrated by trying to shout this from the rooftops among his own, his own peers. Mm -hmm. So that's why he's out really on the road t trying to talk to average citizens about this, because that, they're the only people who can really get their legislators to possibly do something. He says, uh, or the financial impact, or rather, when it comes to f Social Security and Medicare, the federal government simply won't be able to keep its promises in the future. That's the reality every American should get used to. Despite the grand promises of Washington reformers, our entitlement system can't be reformed. It's too late. 
And the Medicare prescription drug bill is the final nail in the coffin. I mean, they've been saying for years, Wayne, that, oh, well, well we could just fix Social Security. Yeah, okay. They've all admitted, both Republicans and Democrats, they've all admitted the program is screwed. But they, can, they keep saying every two years or every four years that, oh, just elect us and we'll make sure it's there for you when you retire. And how how long the American people will continue to fall for this? They seem is they, they, they seem it seems to be a bottomless pit of uh, just they they constantly will fall for these things. A politician gets out there and says, "Oh well, I'll do it." And as long as that politician happens to be on your team, you well, believe him. Do you believe him? That's it. Uh-huh. You know, the Republicans say they'll fix it. Well, the Republicans are going to run out there and vote for him. If the Democrats say they'll fix it, the Democrats run out and vote for him. And then, then there's that third of voters in between that claim that they don't have either party, but most of them probably vote on one side of the aisle or the other sure, on a regular but basis. They don't know what they don't know any better. They don't know that they could vote for a libertarian or M- somebody many else. Many don't know. And uh, and they may not know they they can vote for Ron Paul this year, depending on how many uh, debates he gets into. We'll see about that. That still remains to be seen. Hopefully, uh, he'll be able to get in and make a showing. Anyway, Ron Paul continues. He says uh, the, the system can't be reformed. It's too late. In the Medicare prescription drug bill, the final nail in the coffin. The financial impact of the drug bill can't be overstated. Government projections that the program would cost $400 billion over the next decade were a joke, as everyone in Congress knew, even as they voted for the bill. The real cost would be, I guess it was way off when I said $3 billion. The real cost will be at least $1 trillion in the first decade alone, and much more in following decades as the American population grows older. The Medicare trust fund, so-called, is already badly in the red, and the only solution will be a dramatic increase in payroll taxes for younger workers. The national taxpayer, because remember, that's how it works. They take from younger workers, Mm -hmm. and then they redistribute that money to the people that are older, the people receiving the so-called benefits. The National Taxpayers Union reports that Medicare will consume nearly 40% of the nation's GDP after several decades because of the new drug benefit. That's not 40% of federal revenues or 40% of federal spending, but 40% of the entire nation's private sector output. Wow. That's the National Taxpayers Union that Medicare will be consuming 40% of private sector output. Wow. That's incredible. And that's after several decades. The politicians who get reelected by passing such incredibly short-sighted legislation will never have to answer to future generations, just as those who passed legislation decades ago haven't had to answer for anything they did, uh, saddled with huge federal deficits. Those generations are the real victims, as they cannot object to the debts being incurred today in their names. The official national debt figure, now approaching $9 trillion, reflects only what the federal government owes in current debts on money already borrowed. It does not reflect what the federal government has promised to pay millions of Americans in entitlement benefits down the road. Isn't that what you touched on a few weeks ago, Wayne, right. on the show? Right, yes, exactly. This tremendous uh, benefits package that's going to come due eventually, that's going to be trillions of dollars more on top of the national debt. I think you said $50 trillion or something. It's up around 52 to $60 trillion right now, depending on whose numbers you believe. And the problem is, is when this whole thing collapses, when it comes down, it, the cr- true cause of this is not going to be let out. There's, it'll be blamed on something else, I guarantee you, whether it be some event, a hurricane, who knows what it'll be. It doesn't reflect what the federal government has promised to pay uh, down the road. Those future obligations put our real debt figure at roughly $50 trillion, a staggering sum that's about as large as the total household net worth of the entire United States. Your share of this $50 trillion amounts to about $175,000. How does that make you feel? 
1-800-259-9231. Ron says, don't believe for a second time that we can grow our way out of the problem through a prosperous economy that yields a future higher tax revenues. If present trends continue, by 2040, the entire federal budget will be consumed by Social Security and Medicare alone. The only options for balancing the budget would be cutting total federal spending by about 60% or doubling federal taxes. To close the long-term entitlement gap, the U.S. economy would have to grow by double digits every year for the next 75 years. And the economy isn't going to grow by anywhere close to double digits if they're increasing taxes. The more you, uh, the more you increase the tax burden on business people and individuals, the less money they have in their pockets to invest and purchase things, to enrich their lives, to increase uh, the wealth pie. The, the pie is going to shrink eventually if we continue on in this direction. It already is. He says the answer to these critical financial realities is simple but not easy. We must rethink the very role of government in our society. Anything less, any tinkering or reform won't cut it. A good start would be for Congress to repeal the Medicare prescription drug bill. Oh, but then we can't do that. Then old people will die in the streets, won't they? That's what people. That's what they're. Um, they want you to believe. They want you to believe that uh, if we repeal uh, Social Security or, or Medicaid, um, Medicare, then old people aren't going to be able to get the the care that they need. Let's be honest here. That that whole prescription drug plan was really to co-opt the Democrats because Bush didn't want to be labeled as an old people killer. Mm-hmm. So he came out. He preempted them. He came out with this before they could even say anything about it. Mm. So he he completely disabled them on this issue. So this is where it's going. Yeah. Uh, more money being spent. The American people are just being led down this this primrose path. They're being told, "Yeah, just let us take care of you when you get older." Oh, don't worry. Don't expect your kids or your family members to look out for you. Government, mommy, government will take care of you. You need pills, we'll give you pills. You need money, we'll give you money. Hey, no problem. You don't even need to save for retirement anymore. We've got you. There's a safety net here, America. That's right. And, and it's not true. Here's here's what the safety net has done to us already, though. It's lazy. Now, I, I, I took this flight out to um, to L.A. Uh, you were essentially reading your book or something, and yeah. I was talking to a doctor who was sitting next to me, and I asked him. Um, people, I've heard that 50% of every uh, dollar is spent by the government in, medic- in, in medical care. Mm-hmm. And he said, I believe that. He didn't, he didn't blink. The doctor said, yeah, I, I believe that 50% yep. is because oh, as people get older, um, you know, it's, of course it's Medicare. As people get older, they're uh, more likely to need medical care. So I believe that 50% of the dollars are. And he sure. said that it's Medicare that has essentially made it so a doctor c- can't. Uh, do the doctoring now he has to do all kinds of paperwork he has to hire people to do sure paperwork does. it takes a while to get paid and they only and, and they don't get paid that much that's why they've ruined medicine in the united states and they want they're to driving ruin good people more. out and they're driving good people out that that want to get in and help people 1-800-259-9231 how can we actually help people that need help well it's a radical concept we'll talk about it coming up free talk live this is free talk live you bring up what you want, toll free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net, toll free line for you, Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark's coming back from the bathroom or something like that. 1-800-259-9231, join us online at freetalklive.com, all the features there completely free, including the wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com, we'll get you to it, over a thousand pages of uh, unique content created by listeners like you wiki.freetalklive.com get you to it so get interactive it is totally free and know this the free talk live is brought to you by the free state project your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller less intrusive government to learn more about joining the second american revolution go to freestateproject.org that is freestateproject.org 
We're talking about how the entitlement programs in this country, the welfare programs, the Medicare programs, it's all welfare, but these all these programs are uh, really getting awfully costly, according to Ron Paul, the uh, representative who's now running for president. And it's going to be uh, to the tune of $50 trillion over the next few decades that someone's going to have to pay the bill for. The number's growing every day. And that someone's going to be you and me and uh, our descendants, as a matter of fact. Unless, oh, yeah. In all likelihood, it's going to be our grandchildren. Unless we do something now, as Ron Paul points out, to, to talk about uh, the role of government in our lives. And I think that's what we're doing here on a nightly basis on Free Talk Live, where we've shifted the uh, the discussion from left versus right, which way should we grow government? Should mm-hmm. we grow it in a more socialist direction or grow it in a more fascist direction? To... No government versus a little bit of government. That's what the argument is now, and that's what it should be. That's what we need to propagate out to people. In fact, I called in this morning to the local uh, talk station here on the morning show, as I do from time to time, and we talked about education because that's a big big deal here now. Uh, I guess that yesterday was a bunch of education things on the ballot, and they were defeated, and so people were calling in about that. And I talked about how, well, we should turn over education to the marketplace and gave my usual rigmarole uh, reasons for that. You know, the market can do things better and the government wastes money and blah, blah, blah. And so immediately the host went to this sort of emotional appeal of, well, what about the poor people? Okay, well, well what about that's poor people? That really, it does beg that question. That is right. the first question. If you take away government-sponsored uh, education, I know I can send my kids to school, um, you know, even though this hardship has been heaped upon me. Now, people don't realize, hey, you get more than half of your property taxes back because suddenly right. school's gone. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I understand even more than half of your property taxes isn't going to pay for your kids' tuition um, for that year in school, because you have to pay that more than half of your property tax every year, even the year you don't have kids, and after you're, you know, you've grown old and all that, and that's how they redistribute wealth. Um, it, but it, it does beg that question: How am I? How are they going to do it? I know I can handle it, but how's somebody who's poorer than me going to be able to handle it? So I pointed out charity as a solution, and and the response was essentially, "Oh, charity!" You know, the the, the response is right. basically that, "Oh, nobody will give to charity," and that, he didn't say that explicitly, but that's the underlying thing that essentially people suggest when they they essentially right. suggest that charity Americans, wouldn't cut it. Americans, the most charitable people on the face of the earth, the most charitable people that have ever lived. In um, in the world, ever, in the course of history, these people won't do it. Okay, fine. But these people that are so bad that won't support schools, it's okay to take some of them among us and appoint them as school board members and local um, city council people and let them rule over us? Yeah, I mean, follow. really? Those bad people, you want them in positions of power? Right. The, when you say those bad people, you mean uh, the, 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 the underlying presumption is that people are evil, people so therefore are they won't give to care, uh, charity. People don't care about anyone else but themselves. So they won't give to charity, and so therefore people, um, so therefore kids won't get educated. And to go back to the other topic, old people will die in the streets because they won't be able to uh, to, to help themselves. That's right. Why can't you just have a checkbox on your property tax bill where you could actually voluntarily donate X number of dollars to the school system, even if you don't have kids in school? A lot of people would probably do that to make their community better. I was talking to a fellow about a month ago at a party who's a bureaucrat over in Vermont. He works for the post office, and he's, one, he's a member of one of these fraternal organizations. 
And we were talking about this because the fraternal organizations and churches used to do most of the charity work 100 years ago and did it very well. Yes. And he was telling me that in his organization, he's burying more people than, than new members are coming on because everyone thinks, well, the government should be doing sure. this stuff. It's an old, antiquated idea as right. far as people are concerned today. That's right. And uh, so what we need to do is help people understand that, you know what, if you put people's money back in their hands they're allowed to keep all their money they'll allocate it in the ways that work best for them and that includes helping their friends and family members that have kids that need to be educated that might not be able to afford it that includes helping grandma and grandpa and other people's older uh, older friends that they might have get the assistance that they need it's just uh, it's such an anti-freedom mentality to suggest that people when left to their own volition won't take care of other people that we need armed men with guns standing around to uh, direct money into a centralized coffer and then allow these armed men with guns to decide how it's spent. It's well, so middlemen. inefficient. Yeah, they're middlemen. They right. take most of the money and they, they, they sprinkle the crumbs on everybody else. Well, let's go to the phones. You can take control of the airwaves to Keith in Ontario. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, Keith. Hi, how's it going? Great. What's on your mind? Um, I was just uh, wanted to say you guys are doing a great job getting the word out. Um, Thank you. Me, me and my brother have been doing a lot of research on the Internet. And uh, a lot of stuff on your site, Prison Planet and uh, InfoWars. That's not and, uh, my site, but go ahead. Oh, sorry. sorry about that. But it's, uh, it's a great thing, you know. we got to expose what's going on here. A lot of stuff's going on without people's knowledge. And uh, it's a good thing that you guys are doing. I just want to say keep it up. Well, Thank thanks you. for the call. 800-259-9231. Yeah, appreciate the pat on the back, but I'd rather have people talking about something uh, more important. I know, but you know, people appreciate what we're doing, and you have to give them the opportunity to uh, acknowledge. I, yeah, I understand that, but if we let everybody call in and acknowledge, hey, one call after another, you guys are doing a great job. Great job, guys. Sure. Okay, thanks. That's why we have the amplifier program, so that there you can you acknowledge go. us. Thank you for that. In fact, if you want to send us, uh, if you want to show your appreciation, go to amp.freetalklive.com and join the over 340 listeners who are appreciating Free Talk Live on a monthly basis for three bucks a month. And that totals up to uh, almost $2,500. I've got 20 emails in my amp box I need to get to tomorrow to process through. We may very well, by the end of tomorrow, if I actually get to that, uh, I'm trying to still catch up from over the weekend, but we may very well tomorrow or sometime within the next few days have a webcam to launch because that's our next milestone on the website. It's been in testing phase. It is in working order. It's really just a matter of a few more bucks, and uh, it'll be online for everyone to access completely free, which is pretty cool. 800-259-9231. So once again, the underlying assumption is that people are evil. Whenever whenever somebody comes back to, whenever you make a pro-freedom argument and say, well, let's take uh, medical care out of the hands of government and return it to individuals. Whenever you say, let's take education out of the hands of government and allow individuals to decide how to spend their money on that. They throw up their hands and they yell from the rooftops about old people dying in the streets and poor kids not getting an education. In fact, after my call today on the local station, somebody else called in and said, you know, what this guy hasn't thought about are the special needs children. It's one See, now thing. here's I love the special needs ch- children. Here's what the um what the thought process is here, and I'm sorry, this is inefficient. Inefficient, excuse me. Um, is the idea that you're going to take somebody, and a lot of these really, really, really special needs kids are going to die in their 20s if mm-hmm. they don't die sooner. And so we need to send these kids for socialization purposes to high school all the way through. Some of them go, you know. 19, 20 years old. They, I mean, they're essentially being babysat during the day while their parents go to work. 
Um, and, you know, what kind of education are they getting? They're getting special ed classes. They're not going there and getting ed- education. And then generally, I'm only saying generally, these people are not going to contribute to society. They're not paying back the money that they extracted. You hate special ed's kids? I do not. I want you to explain this more on the way here. 800-259-9231. And can they be helped in a marketplace? Will the market help special kids? I think they will. We'll explain Absolutely. on the way. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, it's your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, and here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us online, freetalklive.com. The updates are there. Get signed up for the updates. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Updates.freetalklive.com to get you on the list. That's updates.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click on Join Us Today. We'll find liberty together. rlc.org. Let's go uh, to the phones here. Actually, Mark, I don't know. If, did I did I let you get... You didn't finish... Oh, we didn't finish this, uh, the... Um Oh, the retard wanted, thing. You wanted to, it's not retards. It's special ed students. Um, well, you know, the, the whole idea is that uh, we have to pay to send these special ed students, and they are a large, large portion of um, school budgets. When you think about it, it's not like one teacher for 25 students or 20 students or what do they have in a general one class. To two, one yeah, it, that's really what it is. It's one-on-one, one-to-two, and essentially it's babysitting for these special ed students during the day so that their parents can go to work or whatever it is. Um, society's taking care of them, and we're paying for it in our property taxes in the form of um, you know schooling, okay. as though we're going to be getting this money back out of the system. But a lot of these kids have illnesses that kill them off in their late teens and early 20s. Essentially, we're not getting any return on our money. Now, um, from, from a societal really standpoint... getting any with regular kids anyway. They're, I mean, they can't even read when they graduate high school. Um, some of, many, many of them can. Most some of, them, of can. them can. Most of them can. Um, but, you know, to think that you can't take a picture of a special ed student and then get a local charity to make some money to, um, to educate these kids, or at the very least, babysit them so their parents can go to work... Mm-hmm. Um, is re- ludicrous. I it mean, is. it's a, talking about a poster kid. You've got somebody whose um, you know head leans over to the um, the right hand side. They're in a wheelchair. Their arms are all crooked up, and uh, you know the, their their legs are so thin from never having walked, and they're he's drooling on, the on front, themselves. He's on the front page of the, the local newspaper's website right now. That exact thing that you're talking. I about. I know that's the guy. He, there was a, there was also uh, in the I mentioned the the shopper, which is sort of this local um, business rag. They've got something there promoting a little girl who has a serious uh, medical problem as well. These are some of the things that, for instance, you try to envision what society would be like without government around. I mean, if we were to really reduce government so small that it was uh, appearing on the sides of milk cartons (laughs) or actually get rid of it entirely, then the, the marketplace would dramatically shift. For instance... What on earth would newspapers have to report on if not for the improprieties and malfeasance of government officials? 
Well, one of the things they could do is highlight people that need help, whether they be uh, people who, uh, who have learning disabilities or whether they be old people that, that need some assistance in some way. They can highlight that. That, can be, that could be a front-page story. And then people, of course, would pour in. The support pours in. Down in Florida, somebody's house burned down. That would make the news. Support pours in for those people. Buy them a new house. Somebody, it, it always happens that way, too. It does. Most people get more money than they ever dreamed. Once the public knows of of their of their plight, right. So that would be one thing, just one thing that the news uh, could focus on. Another thing, of course, could be uh, companies that are ripping people off. They could do consumer reports uh, to a much more larger extent than they currently do today. So these are just some of the things that could fill the space where all the stories about government are cur- uh, currently reside. And again, when you let people keep their money, they spend it wisely instead of government, where if they've got this. Uh, these programs at the schools to educate the uh, people that really have a tough time learning, the special needs people, that probably gives government bureaucrats an excuse to go out and buy all sorts of neat things, oh, right? Sure. Like, we need we need tools to do this. We've got to get these kids educated. We need to spend millions of dollars on tools. And so, again, you know, you allow charities to step in. You allow individuals to make these decisions. Then the buying decisions are going to become intelligent. Then people are going to actually seriously consider what it is they're purchasing and actually take a look at the price tag, which government very rarely even bothers No, the government doesn't have to. So, again, you let people keep their money, it will go further. People will probably, the special needs kids will probably get better educations and will be better treated than they're currently treated in the system. I don't, I don't know what the case is, but all I can tell you is, um, you know, special ed kids really run up the bill when it comes to, uh, you know, local s- schools, and, you know, I, I feel like it's inefficient. I don't feel like right. I'm, we're getting any return for our education and dollar there. And it's not a justification, as emotional as it sounds, and they always use this to appeal to emotion, as emotional as it sounds, it's not a justification to use force on others. Because there's someone living down the street in a wheelchair doesn't mean that person has the uh, the right to ha- to hire an armed gang of people to rob money from everyone else living on the street to support their lifestyle. That's wrong. It's not nice to use force on innocent people. Do you disagree? 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones to Sam in Texas on the Amplifier line. Hey, Sam, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, gentlemen. I read a story today about um, the federal government and Dick Cheney's personal investments and it had some interesting highlights I wanted to share with you. Okay. Uh, one of those is we're apparently borrowing $2.5 billion a day to stay afloat, mm-hmm. that the Federal Reserve is printing money to pay off bonds because it obviously doesn't have it. Well, it also can't sell them to foreign countries. A lot of foreign countries they don't want to buy. buy. Right, right. They who don't wants want to it? buy. Ah, interesting. The interest rate's and, uh, not high enough. Okay. And then it talked about Cheney's, where he's put his personal money, and it's in one of two places. One is in tax-free bonds that are protected from inflation if interest rates rise, which if anybody's in a position to know what's going to happen, I would say it's him. Uh, and the other is in foreign uh, old Europe uh, euro-backed currencies. So he obviously doesn't have faith in the dollar, otherwise he'd probably be investing his money there. Apparently think? that's There's 10 to $25 million. Yeah, did you also hear the story this week that Halliburton is moving to Dubai? I did, yes. What is, what's the relevance of that? Well, I think that maybe there are some people at Halliburton that might be afraid that they might be uh, subpoenaed at some point. And I guess Dubai, from what I've read, does not have real concrete extradition uh, 
treaty with the United States. So it, it's conceivable that people over there in Dubai, if let's say that certain executives for, from certain American companies were living there, they could refuse to come back to America for a trial, and, and Dubai would not honor any kind of extradition or or subpoena or or warrant or whatever. Mm, so they're um, they're safe if they've uh, done something. What there seems to be quite a few illegal things done during this Iraq uh, conflict, but they yeah. seem to be safe. Yeah, it seems like... Take uh, the money and run. Take, well, take the money and run, and the, there's also some tax advantages to being in Dubai, obviously. Sam, any other thoughts? What else do you have on your mind? Yeah, one more quick thing. There's a protest method that I came across at uh, Seattle Hemp Fest last year, and it's two old grandmas. They're called mamas, and what they do is they grow, go to some of these narcotics and drug czar meetings, and they sit out in the audience, and they have eight-by-five pieces of paper with, with uh, words printed on both sides that say... Things like tell the truth, stop the lies, you know, end the war, the drug war, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And when these bureaucrats get up there and start spouting off their nonsense, they hold the sign up. And because it's printed on both sides, both the speaker can see it, which it typically throws them off, ah, and the somebody, you know, directly it. contradicting them, and the audience behind them can see it. And then they wait afterwards uh, and hand out some flyers and things to people leaving and answer questions. And I think that would be a great, great method to use in the free state. Oh. Neat idea. I think especially when you're dealing with older ladies, you're talking about women in their 60s and 70s, right? Right. But I, I think anybody could do this and, and probably get away with it, especially if it was a group of, you know, 10 libertarians up there. It's a good point. Uh, packing an holding audience. A, you know, I think bigger that's... government, holding signs up like that every time they propose something that's bigger government. And it's a way that you can do it silently while mm. the bureaucrats up there talking, but still get your point across. Excellent point. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it, Sam. 800-259-9231. I think you're going to see more of that here. We had Jim Babka um, at the Liberty Forum a couple weeks ago talking about how the presidential candidates come into New Hampshire, obviously, to do a lot of stumping. Yeah, the camp- there's a lot of that that goes on. And uh, he pointed out that he wanted people to ask them about the Real ID bill. And the idea that I suggested was that, well, what you need to do, whether it's you want to ask them about real ID or you want to ask them about drug prohibition or you want to ask them whatever, you can pack the audience with as many people that support your views as you possibly can. So, for instance, here in Keene, we've got freekeen.com, a variety of liberty-oriented people. We could all go uh, to one of these events. And if every one of us raises our hand with the intention to ask essentially the same question or same line they of They can't avoid it. Eventually, they're going to accidentally call on somebody they didn't want to call on. Yep. So, again, the, there's power in numbers, and that's one of the things that can be done with the Free State. Uh, you're the Free State Project. More on the way. Gene, the Christian anarchist, on the way. And if we have a chance, I want to talk about the war on cherries. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now. 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net, toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all of the features there. They're completely free. We mentioned the Amplifier program earlier. That's one way you can help support the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Another way is to buy some Free Talk Live merchandise, like Free Talk Live hats and T-shirts. There are a variety of actually different sizes, or of course different sizes, but different styles, uh, different colors even as well. So you get choices, which is good. Uh, not to mention the Free Marketeer flag. We have that available. The DVD Classic Archive Collector sets. That's there for you in a nice little keepsake case. Um, it's all there. And uh, free bumper stickers. Store.freetalklive.com. Great way to support the show and get yourself some cool gear. That's store.freetalklive.com. As we go to Gene, the Christian anarchist in California. 
Gene? <laughs> Hi, guys. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about patriotism. I was at uh, um, San Diego SeaWorld this morning, and they, paid, they play the uh, national anthem at the opening of the park. Oh, and boy. So I, I noticed something unusual, and I think this is a positive sign. I think the government has made so many bad choices and messed up so many people that I think of 15 to 20 guys there that had hats on, I think I only saw one hat come off. Really? When they when they played the national anthem. Now, could yeah. that now of the people with the hats on, were they of a younger generation or were they people in their 40s and 50s, that sort of thing? Every every age group was represented there including several retired people. The reason I ask is cuz just cuz it seems to me that young people would be less likely to just Follow that, and and they would be less likely to even know the rule or right. the uh, the, mm-hmm. the etiquette. Well, I, I, and again, I was surprised because uh, there were some uh, several retired people there. None of them, none of the retired people actually removed their hats. Interesting <laughs> and, uh, observation. Yeah, so I think I think that's a positive symbol because I think people are finally getting fed up with this government. Maybe it's it's starting to snowball and start to take effect you've got the you know people have their issues like medicare or income taxes or the war um there's just so many things where the government has meddled in everybody's lives and and gotten people angry at them that uh, i like the positive outlook gene i think that's uh it's a healthy thing to have it's with all the bad news surrounding us to to be able to pick out the little things that may actually mean something i think it's very good keeping your eyes open uh being observant and I like that. But why are you in California? Just a vacation? Oh yeah, it's spring break. I took my uh, my son here to to vacation. We're going to Legoland tomorrow, and Ooh. then we're headed back. That sounds like fun. I would have loved that as a kid. Legoland. I was well, into that. It's there. Get on out there and see it. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'll do that as an adult, but uh, no, he won't. I I, I appreciate <laughs> that. Gene, anything else on your mind? Oh, uh, nothing else to get into at this time. Thanks for the call. Have fun out there in Cali. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I really liked it. I mean, it was very nice in the area of Los Angeles that we were at. In comparison to uh, New York and Washington D.C., it was like a whole other world. It was much nicer. So there. Uh, there, of course, the crazy California kooky stuff around, like the vegan uh, eateries. Uh, and you know, I can't see that. I can't stuff. see that more than one or two percent of the population, a vocal one or two percent, I'll, yeah. I'll admit, um, are vegan or vegetarian or whatever they are. I mean, My perhaps- favorite was when we were on Venice Beach and there were the uh, the very large anti-meat displays that mm-hmm. were alongside the, uh, the the boardwalk, essentially. And you made the comment that w- these people spend their Saturday, because it was Saturday when we were there, mm-hmm. just sitting out there promoting these anti-meat ideas as though they're actually going to take hold, as though uh, destroy, you know, not, not eating meat is going to all of a sudden catch fire because they re- reached out to the right uh, few people. Well, th- there are <laughs> there's certainly some people will not eat meat as a result. But, you know, our our whole economy, I mean, everything is based on eating meat. We have... I don't know about that. What? Uh, I mean, everything's based on eating meat? Yes, know. it is. Look, I mean, you know, our, the, 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 the uh, futures market is huge. And what is, I mean, you know, what is corn? Corn is cattle feed. Far more corn is consumed by cows than it is by humans. I don't know. In There's this country. a lot of Doritos eaten in America. <laughs> there certainly are, but I'm only telling you the truth, that more okay. corn is eaten by cows than it is by gotcha. humans. Um, you know, we have eyes in front of our heads so that we can judge depth, 
That I mean, we're predators. We've got pointy teeth. I'm sorry. We eat meat. I don't think you're going to be able to con- <laughs> convince people to, to stop eating meat. Right. So take your Saturday back. Uh, yeah. You know what? Since we're talking food, Wayne, I know this is a, an in-depth subject, but I want to touch on it because uh, it sounds interesting. A war on cherries. Who's waging the war? What's it about? Well, of course, the FDA. Uh, there, there's been a few stories on this recently. As uh, Since around October of 2005, letters had gone out from the Food and Drug Administration war- warning cherry purveyors that they had better quit telling people that cherry cherries... Cherry purveyors? Yeah. Well, that, that's growers and people who sell cherry products. Almost the, sounds like pushers, you know? Yeah, oh, definitely. Well, that's how they view them. But, the, but the, they're saying that they had better quit telling people that cherries have health benefits or dire things are going to happen. They can, you can't tell people that cherries have health benefits? Actually, legally you can, if depending on how you say it. According to the Deshaies Law of 1994... A food company or a supplement company can actually make structure function health claims as long as they have research to back it up, third-party research. But uh, I guess the drug companies must be uh, whispering in the FDA's ear because they don't like healthy food, obviously. And, for example, the lucky recipients of these letters are, are being warned that it's illegal to say things like, the same chemicals that give tart cherries their color may relieve pain better than aspirin or ibuprofen. Wow. Testimonials. I don't know if I had a headache whether I'd eat. A dozen cherries, though. I well, mean, try it and see what happens. Sounds like you're... Ha- I, you know what? I don't like having headaches, though, Wayne. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. want to take the chance that my headache is going to continue by, you know, uh, another <laughs> hour or so. <laughs> I don't even have aspirin in my house, guys. I, 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 you are that kind of guy. Why don't you buy some cherries and let me know? How's I did. That? I had some the other day. They were good. I, I love no, cherries. No, frozen. I the, love them. The headache part. Oh, the frozen headache part. cherries? I've never heard of frozen cherries. I've done frozen grapes. I never thought of cherries. Yeah, you can get in the freezer section. I, my wife gets them, and they're really oh, good. Oh, you mean they're already frozen? You don't buy yes. fresh cherries and freeze them? No, they're already pitted, and they're they're frozen. Oh, right. that and, and, and they're better. bagged, and they're really good, and you can eat them in the wintertime. Yes. And and every obviously, uh, prior to that, there was actually a similar warning that went out to cranberry purveyors. So, so that you can't, they can't claim to uh, help with uh, what is it? Isn't that a brain urinary food tract? Or something? Oh, a urinary tract. Yes. Yeah, what, yeah. What they claim. It's blueberries that are the brain food allegedly. Oh, I don't right? know. Well, all, all these berries have, uh, or you can see the, how dark they are. These these phytochemicals that are in these these cherries. Darker and berries. fruits are better, right? Darker fruits. Sometimes, I think I've heard that. in many cases, blueberries, uh, blackberries, uh, cherries, cranberries. They all have a, a very important. Uh, nutritional value to you mm-hmm. and people who eat a lot of them seem to live longer and have fewer health problems man you know what i like that i, lo- I love a good blueberry and cherry man it's, oh you're making yeah. me hungry wayne yeah <laughs> but wait what else is going on here so they're threatening these people with what well they're threatening them with uh probably what happens eventually is that they'll end up um guns guns will be involved in troops in most cases, when these they do these things, but what's really ironic is that there are guns actual... and troops with cherries. Hold on, well, have we no, skipped stories? No, no. If if you if you make some health claims that they don't like, mm-hmm. even if even if they're legal technically, um, eventually they they will raid your your place of business it's and they'll done. shut you down. Yeah, the FCC hap- has its own enforcement wing. Yeah, and as incredible FDA, as it, yeah, it, they do. And in, as incredible as it seems, part of the information on cherries that the FDA warns uh, wants to censor was funded by a, a different government agency. The U.S. Department of Agriculture gave uh, the cherry industry a, a $141,000 grant to investigate health benefits of cherries so the industry could increase its sales. <laughs> so, yeah, this uh, you sleep with the devil, and uh, so now they get yeah. the grant, but they're not allowed to say, you know, they're not allowed to make claims that cherries are good for you. Uh, right, that's what the <laughs> FDA is saying. <laughs> But, however, uh, the Supreme Court has actually ruled in the cherry industry's favor in many That's cases. Good. So at least we've got the Supreme Court doing their job. 
but this is going on pretty pervasively. Whenever something like this is released, there's always some hit piece you'll see in the media about, oh, they're not so good after all. Mm -hmm. They do the same thing with organic food. They're always bad-mouthing organic food in these hit pieces. Organic food is merely just the market reacting to uh, bad food, bad commercial food. Well, you know, I mean, it doesn't bother me that as long as there's no money being extracted forcibly, I think that uh, the idea that somebody might want to grow carrots without pesticides and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, I can't really use hormones on carrots, but, uh, you know, right. the genetically altered uh, vegetables, I don't see any problem with that at all. I'm not interested in spending the extra money for them. Nor am I. Yeah. But... I think that people, sh- I know that people want them, and, you know, m- maybe there are some health effects, and but at on some the point, other s- I may change my mind. On the other side of that, I take offense when the organic fanatics are out there lobbying against genetically modified foods, because I happen to like the little way, the ways they com- combine the apples and make new products for me to eat. I happen to enjoy that. The biggest, the biggest problem with the GMO foods, Ian, is that uh, a lot of times what happens is they cross-pollinate. And then if they do, let's just say you're an organic farmer and you and you're growing corn and you're growing you're growing organic corn. Well, your neighbor, your neighboring farm is is growing some genetically modified corn. I see. And, and the wind blows some of the pollen over on your on your farm, and then their crappy corn starts growing on your farm. <laughs> Guess what? The the, the jackbooted yeah. thugs come on your property and and sue you and sometimes take your farm away. Well, blame Jesus for inventing wind. <laughs> it's Vinny in here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Maybe there should be like an organic state where only organic people go and grow their things. Vermont. I don't know. <laughs> Let the market handle it. We'll be back tomorrow yeah. night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.